Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face episode 140 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield. I'm Matt Kyle. And we are here today to deliver the biggest and the baddest in video games for the week. We have tons of games to talk about again this week. No fluff topics. Uh, it's all games pretty much from here on out. Pretty much. It's the fall. Well, we, we are going to talk about the Nintendo Direct. Mm -hmm. One of the disadvantages of us moving the show to earlier in the week, normally we would have caught that before kind of everyone else talked about it, but I think it's the Tuesdays for Q4 is probably ultimately for the better. Yeah. It lines up with the release time, the like window better, I think. It does, definitely. So, got a bunch of housekeeping to get to, and some fun stuff before we kick off the show proper. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is the Sifted Fantasy Football League. Uh, we have a real fantasy football league going on at Sifted. Uh, there's 12 people from Sifted in the league, and we just finished our second week. And I want to give you guys an update on how everything is going. So, Sam, bring up the standings. So right now I'm sitting at two and zero, but in third place because how it works is the teams that score the most points total are higher up in the rankings. So I'm two and zero, but I've scored less than the other two people who are ahead of me, which is Robert Diana, who I have to admit, in our division, his first two weeks have been like record setting. He looks like he's going to be really hard to topple. Uh, Sifted Mitch is in second place, and he's just Mitch on Sifted. Um, he's he's a good fantasy football player. He's been in the league ever since we started it. You see me there in third place at 2-0, which I'm pretty happy with. Uh, Shanghai Dan, who you know from Sifted, his Honey Badgers are 0-2. And, and a lot of these guys hmm. were on auto-draft, meaning that the computer just drafted for them. So it was kind of inedible that they're going to start a little slow, but they're starting to uh, get their teams together now. Uh, McWomble, you guys all know Keith McWomble. McWomble's, what is it, Wii Masters? Is that what it says? <laughs> I can't read it. Uh, they're in uh, fourth place, or fifth place, and then... Um, Wamplers Wamblers are in last mm. place in the West right now. In the other division, the number one team right now is Matt Kyle Rules. How do you feel about that, Kyle? It's all right. I think it says rocks, actually. Oh, it is rocks, yeah. <laughs> Matt Kyle <laughs> let's rocks. Get it, let's Sorry. get it right. <laughs> <laughs> so some, well, someone in our league is a big fan of you, Matt, which is awesome. Uh, the Ralton and Jets are also at 2-0. and and here you can see the other teams in the other conference have lost games to us in the other conference. So they're all sitting at 1-1. One and 100-yard one. Uh, stare. And Bentley's Blue Bombers. You guys know Bentley. He works on Sifted with us. He does some curation and other stuff. He also has a podcast that runs through the Sifted Community Channel. Uh, Peter Vesti's team. He has never given his team a real name. But on Sifted, he is also Peter Vesti. He also works in Europe on Battlefield, I believe. Uh, he's a developer. And then uh, Suicide King, who you also know from the Sifted website. He's sitting at 0-2 right now, but he's pretty good at fantasy football. I have a feeling he'll turn it around. So early on in the season still, anything can happen. I'm 2-0 right now. I could finish the season with not another win. That's just the way fantasy football goes. But anyway, just want to give you guys an update on what's going on there. And now it's time for an update on Matt and I's video game fantasy league. Hmm. Now, for those of you who maybe have just joined our Patreon and uh, don't know what our fantasy league is... Several years ago, this is the fourth year that we've done it now. Yeah. Yeah. For, this is the fourth season that we've done it, and essentially what we do is Matt and I take turns drafting games, just like fantasy football. Uh, and then once the game comes out and it gets reviewed, we take that Metacritic score, and that is the point total for that game. At the end of the season, we add them all up. Whoever has the highest point total wins the league. So it's time for an update. We have not done this all season, I don't think. I think this is no. the first one. 
So we're going to update. Here's how it looks right now. So we'll provide some commentary on this as well. As of right now, both of us have had eight games released that we drafted. Uh, one thing to keep in mind that we changed for this year is we added two alternates because we had issues in prior seasons with games being canceled or moved out of the year, and we would just get zeros for those teams or for those games. So this year we added two alternate teams or two alternate games. So the bottom two games on each list are actually alternates. And the crazy part is Matt and I have both had to dip into all our alternates at this point. Yeah, and I'm going to get screwed on that because one of my alternates is also not coming out this year. Yeah. Thanks, Dreams. Yes, yeah, so Dreams. <laughs> it's tough. You have to try to predict whether a game's going to be delayed or not, and obviously some studios have better track records than others with that, but it's really, mm. really hard to predict. I thought that was pretty cool. I think that's the first miss I've had. Well, Dreams has been in development for like eight years now. You would yeah. think it would Honestly, come out. Honestly, I would have thought Days Gone was maybe a safer bet. Yeah. But... Yeah, so Days Gone, I lost. So my alternate to fill in for Days Gone is a way out, which ended up getting a 78, which is way better than the Crew 2, which got a 67 (laughs) for me. I think those 67s, you got one for Sea of Thieves. Yeah. And I got the Crew 2. I think those might be the lowest scores we've ever got for a game that we drafted. Maybe. There were were a couple 60s, I think, at one point. But uh, that's certainly the lowest score I've ever gotten. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the lowest I've ever got, too, honestly. Um any scores that stand out there for you now that we're kind of looking back in hindsight? The fact that Spider-Man's not in the 90s is ridiculous. No, it is. Yeah, that is a travesty. It started actually out as an 88, and it's gone down since yeah, I don't the know. first week. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what people are thinking, man. I Detroit, really... Detroit is way too high. Um, and Labo is... I'm not saying it's not a 77, but I'm surprised it wasn't more overrated. Yeah. It didn't get as big of a Nintendo bump as you might expect. Yeah. Uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider 81 is definitely lower than I thought it would be at when I drafted the game. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um, but we're going to talk about that. I thought that. that was a safe high 80s. Yeah, I thought. But that's not the way it goes. And we are going to give our final thoughts on Shadow of the Tomb Raider right out of the gate once we get past this stuff. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, so what do you think, Matt? You think Do you have a chance to come back? I don't think so. I'm, I'm getting a zero. Yeah, that's so hard to overcome. It's pro- unless, like... And I don't think the games you have left, uh, you know, you've got, uh, what? Forza Horizon 4. Forza and 4 and, and uh, Red Dead. I don't think those are going to underperform. So, yeah, I think this is pretty much over. Yeah, I think I finally won. Matt has beat yeah. me the last two seasons in a row. Mm-hmm. I beat Marcus Beer the first year. And now you've beat me twice. And I've been the one who's got burned by games being canceled in the past. I yeah. Think, I think last year I had two zeros. Two or three Two or three, year, yeah. yeah. Um, so I finally, it looks like, unless barring a total catastrophe, it looks like I'm going to win and uh, get my second uh, championship just to match Matt's two, which he already mm-hmm. has. So just catching up with him. And then finally, we have a big, big surprise on Game Face today. I am going to share with you our new shirts. So not the actual shirts. I don't have them here. As I mentioned last week, they had screwed some of them up and they've been reprinting them. I went back, I think it was Wednesday of last week. I uh, posted a, a photo on Twitter of me going there to check in on them. Uh, they are fixing all the problems. They're not charging me for the shirts that they screwed up. And I'm supposed to get the shirts, the final shirts, in the next couple days. They said Friday at the latest. So the shirts are going on sale on Monday at the latest, barring another issue at the uh, screen printing, printing place. The shirts will be on sale on sifted.net on Monday in our merch store, wherever all these shirts are on sale right now. And so what we're going to show you first is the design. Now the design for our sh- for this round of shirts is the same 
for all the shirts. We have one design, but we have three different color combinations. So Sam, bring up the design. So this is what's going on the front of the shirts. Uh, this graphic was done by your fellow sifter, AW08. And I know I mentioned that somebody had worked with me on these. I didn't say who, it is AW08. He is the one that took my very crude sketch and turned it into what you're seeing right now. Uh, and then on the back of the shirts is this. So I had him sort of stylize the sifted logo in a way that would match the graphics on the front of the shirt. So they're kind of comic book-ish, comic book-esque, and that's kind of what we've been going for with the designs on this shirt. And now we're gonna show you the color combinations. Here's the first color combination. This is the most plain Jane of them all. It's just a white t-shirt with a purple violet. It's called Silkscreen. And you can see where we place the, uh, the logos for the back is centered and small on the back of the shirt. Let's bring up option two. Option two is light blue with dark blue screen. And let's bring up option three. And option three is orange with a dark blue screen. And obviously this is, these are the shirts that are for patrons. You're, you'll be able to buy the orange as well yourself, but these are the shirts that we're gonna send out to our patrons uh, for those who have uh, contributed at that tier or higher at any point. So if you've ever given us, uh, even for one month, if you've contributed to the level to get the shirt, we will be tracking you down and getting your address and sending you a free t-shirt. So that's it. Those are our new shirts. I hope you guys like them. I absolutely love the freaking design. I love the shirts. They're my hands down the favorite shirts that we've made so far for Sifted. I hope that you guys agree. I put out a huge chunk of money to get them made, but uh, I have a feeling you guys are gonna snatch them up. One thing I do wanna say though, is because I got stuck with so many shirts from the first round, we adjusted how many of each size were made this time, like big time. Uh, last time we had way too few large t-shirts and we had way too many mediums. So we've shifted a lot of the mediums over to large because large is the most popular t-shirt size. And to get those orders, by the way, the first time, we did a poll of you guys, and for whatever reason, the people who responded to the poll all wore medium. <laughs> we ended up being stuck with just dozens and dozens of medium t-shirts. So this time, we've shifted a lot of the mediums over to large, so you guys should be able to, more people should be able to buy them in their size. The other thing I would say too, is if you are on the extreme ends of the size spectrum, if you wear a small, or you wear a triple XL, or even a double XL, you should probably try to buy the shirts real fast because we do not have very many of any of them. Especially if you like a very specific color combination and you wanna get that, you should order the shirts on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday because I guarantee the smalls, the triple XLs, and the double XLs are gonna be gone really fast. Uh, we ordered about the same amount of those this time as we did last time, uh, but I do remember that they went very, very quickly last time, and I'm guessing that's going to be the case this time as well. So there you go. Those are the new shirts for Sifted. They'll be on the merch store on Monday, God willing. Hopefully nothing happens, and they deliver the shirts here in the next couple days. Um, and then on next week's show, I'll, I'll wear one, obviously, so you can see what they look like while they're on. They are made by the same company that made the shirts last time. I have not had a single complaint about the shirts, our last round of shirts. They do a really good job. The screens are really good. Um, I still have one of each one of our old designs and they still all look brand new. So the screens have held up really well um, and the shirts are of high quality. They're really comfy and they fit really well. So anyway, that's on Monday and uh, you can look forward to that and I hope you guys like them and I hope you snatch them up.
So with that, I think that's it for housekeeping. That's a lot of housekeeping for an episode. We usually don't do that. Oh, one more thing before we move on. And we, we've talked about this at the end of the show. I think we need to talk about it at the beginning. Folks who are watching the show on YouTube, first of all, thank you. You guys are awesome. Second of all, thank you, because when Pactor talked to you guys about this, you guys went and you did it in droves, which I really, really appreciate. It makes a big difference. But I just want to bring it up again. Uh, if you guys cannot afford to contribute to our Patreon or you can't afford to subscribe or maybe you, you just don't want to for whatever reason, you can give us a free $2.50 every single month just by linking your Twitch and your Amazon Prime accounts and then subscribing to our channel on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash siftedgames. Uh, there are instructions in the description that literally have links. It makes it so easy. You can do it in like 30 seconds. And once you've linked your accounts on Twitch with Amazon, all you have to do is just click one button. You don't have to keep syncing your account every month, but you do have to do it every month. You can't just click it and then stay subscribed to us. It's a pain in the butt. I, I totally get it. But once you've already linked your accounts, it's literally a three second process to go to twitch.tv slash games and just click that button above the player. So if you guys would do that, we would really appreciate it. It can make a big difference for us. It can keep the lights on for Game Face, keep the lights on for Pactor Factor. Really appreciate it. So with that, let's get on with the show proper. We're gonna start this show with what we wrapped up last show with, which is Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Uh, you had not played it at all no. when we talked about it last time. I had only played a handful of hours of it. You have now finished the game. Mm -hmm. I am at the end, at least as near as I can tell I'm at the end. It feels like I'm at the end. Um, so we both played a ton of it. Mm -hmm. um, since I already kind of gave my initial impressions, Matt, what are your impressions of the game? Um, I like it a lot. Uh, you know, I like Rise of the Tomb Raider, and this is pretty much Rise of the Tomb Raider, the expansion pack with uh, a couple new things. Like there's a little more throwing a climbing axe to swing on things, and she's got a little repelling rope she can mess with. And how do you feel about that? More. It's fine. That's kind of a big change. It's fine. Like it's a different way to traverse stuff. You think it's fine? Yeah. I thought that was the worst part of the game. Like I feel like it's completely clunky and it doesn't work the way it's supposed to. And I died. Tons of times, like, the thing just would not connect with the wall, and I'd just fall into a pit. Hmm. It felt very, very rushed to me. I didn't, I didn't have a problem with, with that. My pro my, so I played on Xbox. The only issues I had with stuff like that was um, a couple of... You could you go up and talk to people, and a couple times I went up to talk to people, and, like, there was, like, an NPC, like, inside Lara. Like, like, like they were sit standing there doing their kind of, like, I am a guy sitting here talking to someone animation, and their hands kept, like, cutting through her, basically. Uh, so just, like, a character was clipping like, through her Yeah, model. it was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, and then at the end of the game, after I finished the game, I went and got all the collectibles, and I'm still stuck at 99%. And it won't give you it the won't, trophy. Won't give me the won't give me the achievement, and it won't give me... It shows all these uh, artifacts in my, like, my like, relic list as missing, but I got them all. That like, sucks. And I looked. Are you'll be able to patch that, and you'll be able to get the trophy. I would think so. A similar thing was happened with Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is kind of makes it more annoying because they, <laughs> they already did this. They, once. Should, they should know better. Um, but I mean, it's a minor thing. It was you know kind of a, a completest thing. When the, the whole game, the overall, the game more or less worked properly. Um, I think the high resolution mode on the X is pointless because it just tanks the frame rate for nothing. So basically. it's not really optimized for it. No, the, the high frame rate mode is, is great. Like it, it runs pretty well. It, it chugs in the in the in the busier city areas, um, and there's a surprising amount of tearing. It's I think it's an unlocked frame rate. I don't think there's any V-Sync going uh. on with it. Um, but like you turn it on to high res, and it's supposed to be 30 frames a second, I think. But it, I mean, in the middle of the hidden city, which is like the big 
Paititi is like the big biggest area. Yeah, they've like, talked about it incessantly. Yeah, like running through the the market, like I th I think it's dropping like fifteen. Like I think it's it's chugging like a PS one game. It's it's wow. it's bad. So I kept it on high frame rate, and that was fine. Um, story was okay. Uh, it's it's kind of kind of interesting to see her get put through the ringer because she is sort of like. Yeah, she's an Indiana Jones style sort of like old school adventure archaeologist who kind of you know that sort of we're gonna go to a an underdeveloped country and sort of steal your relics and put them in a museum and sell them to people kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> um, and it's, it was kind of neat to see that sort of archetypal character get called out on yeah, that. Yeah, she does this. get called out um, not it, by a lot of people in this game. Yeah, by several people. Just like what do you what do you think your business is here? Jonah calls her out on yeah, it. Yeah, he does. Um, yep. Uh, that dynamic between Jonah and Lara is way better in this game. Yeah, jo and Jonah is a character I think that she needs. Uh, the character needs that Jonah there to. Uh, and he's. I was glad he wasn't a constant presence in the gameplay sections. Right like yeah. early on, there's a couple places where you you have to like work together to lift things. Right. And, yeah. Kind of the Uncharted. It felt like Uncharted. It felt yeah, like yeah. we had to do. But he goes and you know he he always comes up with another thing he has to go do for most of the game and I prefer Lara on her own when she's adventuring around and doing that, but as a foil to her like he is really great and I also appreciate that there's no romantic relationship between them they're just friends and he actually he actually I root for them to get romantic though oh no I, I do all. I watch it and I'm like dude why aren't you dating him like he cares about you more th and he ends up like because they aren't meeting like some other girl and then, yeah and then he, he meets some other girl and like because they talk about how he's like you know he, he he does seem to like hook up with the local ladies on yeah. a pretty regular basis <laughs> but no they're, they're just buddies and uh, I dig it like there's not enough there's not enough like male female just friendships in game game stuff like there should be more of that. I just felt like there was um, tension. Like, there's a couple of moments where they pause. I don't think he'd say no, but I don't think yeah. she's interested. <laughs> no, like, definitely not. So, but that's why that's what I'm saying. But like, I don't think she's interested in anyone. Right. Like, the, I, I, I found myself yelling at the television a lot. Like, you big dope, kiss him. Like, I literally thought nah. that, like, three different times throughout the game. Nah, but she, it doesn't not going to happen. She's, like, asexual, that. it seems like. Yeah, she just got other shit to do. Yeah, <laughs> like raid tombs. Like, <laughs> no dude is going to be as exciting as, like, Climbing through like weird corpse-ridden right. mud and finding a, a, a recipe for a new endurance potion. Yeah, like, that's just what she does. I just I love this Jonah. whole section. I, is I a, love Jonah as a character. This and... whole section is amazing. The whole Day of the Dead section is fantastic. Yeah, um, it's a beautiful game. It uh, really. There are some moments that are literally jaw-dropping. Yeah, and one of the th actually speaking of jaws, one of the things that you know it does not have uh, really the character animation on par with uh, Spider-Man. But the, the high-res cutscene models, um, I am really impressed by Lara's uh, facial animation and her throat. Like, and, and Jonah has this too, although it's harder to see because he's got a beard. Yeah. Um, but if you watch her throat, uh, and the, there's a, there's a cutscene later where she talks to the, the kid, the, the, the son of the, chi, of the queen-to-be yeah. in Paititi. Mm -hmm. Watch the character's throats and how... The, the the larynx moves and yeah. and pops in and out and the throat like tightens when they when they inhale or like or or, or react to something like it's little details that really most games good. completely miss it's yeah. like it like it you can see when they're taking a breath and when they're like like not letting it out or sighing or reacting just by looking at the throat and that is a bit of uh, of acting business that is almost never thought of in game and yeah. you don't see it in the in the in the in game like so that's in like the 
because uh, I don't think the cutscenes are pre-rendered, th those big ones, because she's wearing the outfits that I have her in in, a, in those cutscenes. Um, I just know that they show the cutscene, and they cut to the game, and there's a obvious fidelity yeah. drop -off. Well, because they're using the cutscene models, not the in-game right. models. So the cutscene models have the fidelity to do that. Uh, I do believe they're still real-time, though. Because they, because she changed her clothes, yeah. and like if they're pre-rendered, she wouldn't be in the in the different outfits. I will say this: I would have been more impressed with it if I had just not played Spider-Man, where I think the faces are just like mind blowing. Yeah, Spider-Man is uh, Spider-Man's on another level, but like I, for just as a weird little animation appreciation thing, I thought the the throats in this game are really <laughs> impressive. Like that's, I mean, that's a real thing. It, it, it makes Hashtag them look like throat tech. Quite literally, makes them look like living, breathing people. Absolutely. So yeah. And if you watch, like in the cutscenes, where like if you just go up to talk to a random NPC for like a side mission, they don't do that. Like they're, you know, yeah, they're, they're yeah. just moving their mouth like a normal video yeah. game character. But those like you know the big scenes where you, they use the high res models uh, look amazing. Um, not quite Spider-Man amazing. Yeah, but still impressive. But the throat animation just still... I, can't, I don't remember the last <laughs> time I saw it. something that looked that good. Um, and all the environments look, look great. It's nice that she's not somewhere freezing for once. I took a lot um, of screenshots playing this game. Uh, I didn't take too many, but I just appreciated a lot of it. And I was glad that... They, I'm, I, the, it's, a, it's a jungle, which doesn't seem like an unusual environment, really. But after, like, two... You know, the first game, she's freezing and in the rain all the time. And in the second game, she's freezing in the snow all the time. Right. And now it's like, finally, she can wear a short, short sleeve shirt and not die. Right. Great. <laughs> um, and there's some beautiful outfits for. I also like all the outfits for her. Like uh, they made a lot, a lot of them made a lot more sense. The bonuses were cool, and she has a lot of like kind of like local garb. Like you have to wear certain outfits to yeah. talk to certain people, and uh, some of the stuff you can unlock is really cool looking, um, which I didn't think was true of the last two games. Most of the outfits I found a little bleh. And well, I a lot of, of these are like retro outfits from her old. Some games. of them are, yeah. And those and definitely do not work with the game really no you probably don't want to play with the low poly tomb raider 2 model yeah. <laughs> or like i think there's an angel of angel of darkness there is one. yeah i thought they'd let that one just um at a certain point in the game I, I got i don't know if it was a glitch or what but i got locked out of them uh, out of the outfit yeah at a certain point in the game it only would let me wear like the the, the outfits you craft and the uh, full body outfits that were like related to the to the paititi people and i couldn't wear any of the modern clothing and i don't know if that's an intentional thing it does at a certain point because you're supposed to be blending in right. or like or what but uh, uh that, that was that was odd um but yeah overall i really liked it i think it got a little i think it was it's a little underrated actually by uh, review wise because uh, it is not really breaking a ton of new ground but it is doing what the others last two did just as well if not better in terms of like the exploration and the and the and there's a lot less shooting in this. Like yeah, I'd there say is. I'd say like this is more like it's about seventy thirty puzzle solving and traversal versus about thirty percent combat. And I think the other games that ratio is probably the the reverse. Yeah, somebody tweeted at me. They're like, "Does did you think the game starts slow? Because I've been playing for a while and I've only fought like three dudes, and it's like that's just the way the game is." Yeah. You do a lot more puzzle solving and tomb tomb raiding than you do shooting, it's a lot shooting more dudes in the like face. The old games and uh, most reboot. of the shooting, most of the the combat action is is backloaded. Like the last third of the game has a lot of it, um, and there's some crazy set piece stuff. There are uh, yeah. in the second half of the game, um, but like I like I like that a lot. Like I, I prefer the the kind of climbing around, solving stuff, figuring out. I mean I I know it kind of ties into that weird like trope that 
exists kind of from Indiana Jones and those old adventure serials where like apparently all in, all all our indigenous ancestors were like really into escape rooms. Right. <laughs> um, but like yeah. uh, it's it's cool. Like it all works and it's it's kind of it kind of scratches that Indiana Jones itch. So uh, so I, I I had a really good time. I played the whole thing and I never like. Felt, I never wanted to stop playing or go play something else, and I played a little later than I should have several nights, and uh, I give it a pretty big thumbs up. Like I don't, you know, if you've already played Tomb Raider one and Rise of the Tomb Raider, and you aren't like over the moon for those games, I understand why you'd be waiting because there's a bunch of other stuff coming out, and you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it's, it's not going to kill you to wait for it. But like, I bought it for full price and do not regret doing so. Okay, so I shared my initial impressions. And I was more positive on the game then than I am now after having played more of it. So I feel like there's a lot of significant changes to this. Some of them are for the better, some of them aren't. One of the big ones you're seeing right now, swimming is way more prevalent in this game. A lot more swimming in this. Way yeah. more. And I she mean, can hold her breath, like, I mean... Forever. <laughs> in, in Rise of the Tomb Raider, she can only hold her breath for, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. Like, it was actually kind of ridiculous. And you can upgrade yeah. her ability to swim faster. You can upgrade her ability to hold her breath. The, uh, one of my big complaints with this game is there's a skill tree, and I had no interest in hardly any of it. It is the most boring skill tree I think I've ever seen in a video game. It's not a good skill. Like, there's like six skills you really need, and beyond. Like, and a lot of the skills that you also need, like that are on it, are unlocked by doing things, not opening with skill points. Like yep. that, a lot of the interesting skills come from either finishing challenge tombs yep. or progressing the story. Yeah. And like when I was at the end, when I was left with like a bunch of skill points to spend, it was like shoot two arrows at a time or craft stun grenade or yeah, like, it was, like, I had it was no like stuff motivation. i didn't need it was stuff i didn't care about or like like craft potion out of this plant you've never used in yeah. 14 hours so why would i or need it po now make poison arrows it's like I, I, I mean i think that stuff will probably makes more sense and is more necessary on the high difficulties probably uh, certainly playing rise of the tomb raider on the high difficulty like i used all my stuff more um, I, the one, I mean, I understand why they're there. Yeah, the some one, people will want to play that way. Yeah, the one change I thought was interesting for the high difficulties is like, you know, this series has always done that thing that Uncharted does where there's a certain color that indicates where you're supposed to go. Yeah. So like Uncharted, it's always yellow. And in this, it's always white. There's usually white paint or white rock yep. somewhere. So if you put the difficulty up to hard or very hard on this game, the white paint goes away. Oh, geez. So that you have to like literally know in the environment where you need to go without any guidance. I don't and, even think that would be fun, to be honest Well, there's been tons of people that complain about how there's too much guidance about where to go, so that mode is for them. So we'll see if, I, how they feel. I disagree with that assessment. I, I, I will probably try it at one point, but it's not something I've ever wanted. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't turn it down you know, offhand, but I, I'm not, I've just spent like 20 hours playing it. I'm not going to just dive yeah, right yeah. in again. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was interesting that they decided to kind of throw a bone to the, uh, you know, the modern games are too easy audience with that. I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to see uh, how, people, how people handle that. Because um, there's places even with the white paint in this that I didn't necessarily know what I was supposed to do. Yeah, next. I mean, that's why I'm saying I don't agree with that assessment. I don't think it holds your hand at all. Like, I've got stuck on a bunch of puzzles and had to really look at things and think about things. The puzzles are way more prevalent in this. Uh, the traversal is way, way more prevalent. And I agree with you. You're, I think your your 70-30 split is right. I think I would probably have enjoyed the game more if it was about a 50-50 split. I like the shift to more of the old-style tomb raiding platforming, traversal, puzzle-solving stuff. I just think it went maybe a little too far in that direction. Um, you said you had issues with the graphics. I've had tons of issues with the audio in this game. I've had 
the, I've had the audio almost completely disappear other than just being able mm. to hear like crickets. I've had cut scenes where they cut between two characters and when they show one character, the audio is fine and they cut to the other character and all you can hear is the ambient noise like the like a stream running nearby. Or you're like, playing on PlayStation? I've been playing on mm. a base PS4. Um, I've had audio popping. I've had wow. surround sound sounds come out of the wrong speakers. I've, the audio for me has been pristine. I wonder if that's a system difference. I don't know. It was so bad that I went into the menus and started searching around for like the speaker configurations hmm. to see if maybe I had selected some weird configuration that was cutting out part of the sound. Nope. It was just a problem across the board, whether I played it in headphones or I was playing it on my surround sound system. Um, and so for, for me, base PS4, I had a lot of issues with the audio in this game. Um, did you see on Xbox this wait for streaming thing popping up? Yeah, that did pop up a couple what times. What is that? Well, it's because, like, you, you know, there's sections where, like, it slows you down, where, like, you have to wade through mud, you have yeah. to crawl under things. That's supposed to be, like, covering load time. Oh. And sometimes I think you just you get, get through, through that fast. before it's done loading. This, despite there's the fact one particular that the load times in this game are abysmal. It takes forever to load. They, are, they weren't too bad, but they well, were you're longer. On, maybe you're playing on the X. I am on the helps. X. That probably helps, but it was. They were longer than if I was like restarting a checkpoint or something. Yeah, they were longer than average. Yeah, I, would say. I thought they were on PS4. Um, the base PS4. There's one specific really area. Um, it's where the first store you run into is in the in the little, this little town you run into early on, and. Uh, there's like a little store, and if you go through this like deep mud, there's a campfire, like a, a campfire, a base camp. And I would fast travel there to pick up collectibles, and every single time I fast travel to the base camp and walk through the mud towards the store, I get the waiting for, wait for streaming thing there. That's weird. That was a place where it happened all the time. Most uh, games will not put up a weird like graphic that... Yeah, it just hitches. <laughs> it you know? just does it. Yeah. But this one definitely, which makes me wonder like on, a, on a, like an Xbox One vanilla... Would that pause be so long that they felt the need to put that it's there? Possible. That kind of thing. I mean, it was bad for me on PS4. I mean, it, it would probably stay up like two or three seconds on screen before it would go away. Generally. I never saw it that long on this, but if it came up, I probably saw it like five times through the whole game. Yeah, um, I saw it a lot more than that. But I mean, it's obvious when you're when she's slipping through cracks or climbing through things, like the game is loading the next area, and yeah. sometimes you just it's an old trick. But I've never you just seen move a too game fast. handle it this way. Um, it, it, yeah, it's a, it's a little naked about it, I guess, I would say. Here's my biggest issue with the shift in focus to more traversal, is that the traversal, in all honesty, just kind of sucks. It's There are no rules that the game sticks to. Like, there are tons of ledges that you should be able to grab, jump up to, grab a hold of, climb up on, and there's just an invisible wall there keeping you from doing it. It's like, to me, if you're going to make, if you're going to shift the focus and say, okay, this is about navigation, this is about getting around, and they did. I mean, with between the swimming and the, the less gun combat, the less gun play in the game, the shift in focus is absolutely to getting around the environments. And I don't feel like the game improved the tools to do that at all. It's still the same traversal that you had in the prior games mm. when the focus wasn't really on that. And in those prior two games, it was okay because it was passable because you didn't have to do it that much. But now in this game, you do it all the time. And it's just like all these weird moments where I'm like, I should be able to go this way. I should be able to grab a hold of that ledge, and you can't. Everything is canned, predetermined. And again, that works okay when it's not the crux of the game, but in this game, it is the crux. It is what you do, like you said, 70% of the time, and I just don't think it's up to scratch. And I also think that the swinging in the game is terrible and awful. Uh, literally, 
it was just a crapshoot whenever I jump off a ledge whether my hook shot was actually going to connect to anything. Hmm. There was no rhyme or reason whether it would or wouldn't, but I would breathe a huge sigh of relief when it would. Um, I just don't think the mechanics, the controls in the game are up to the shift in focus away from the gunplay. Now, with all that said, I've still really enjoyed the game. It is a good game, and I would agree with you that the Metacritic average, in my opinion, is a little lower than it should be. Um, but it, it also, to me, this is the least of the three reboots. The first game was kind of a shocker, and mm -hmm. so maybe if I went back and played that now, I would say this game's better than that first one, but the first one left a much better impression on me. Having just played the second one not that long ago, to me, it's definitely better than this one. So I, I've found this one to be the... The least engaging from a gameplay perspective of the three. I like the narrative in this one, though, as we had already talked about. Mm -hmm. I love the, the play between Lara and Jonah. Again, I thought there was tension throughout the whole thing. I'm like, man, just kiss him. Like, when you guys are just going to stop beating around the bush and just go for it? And, it never, you know, I'm yeah, not I gonna... just don't get that from that, those, that relationship at all. I do. He's like her protector. He saves he's her butt. He's her brother. He's her brother. Wait, that's... he's her. Oh, you don't mean literally. No, I don't mean, mean literally, figure. but that's their relationship is brother sister, basically. I, I don't know. I, I was rooting for... I love Jonah as a character. I think he's great, and I think that they've done a great job developing him. I think he, did, I think I he did just fine for, for how... Yeah, yeah. He, well, he is like the Mac in the game a little bit. And there was a part in the game where they kind of put it on a rest when he starts, like, carousing with a, mm -hmm. a local. Um, and, and there's a lot of... Like, if you, when that happens, if you stand there and listen to their conversation, it goes on for, like, six minutes. It does, like it's, yeah. Like it's, and it's all interesting. Like, like yeah. you can see them sort of bond over stuff that clearly he would not have in common with Lara. And that's the shame, because artistically, aesthetically, the audio in this game is incredible. Mm -hmm. It's the technical part of it on PS4 that, for me, fell way, way that's short. That's surprising. Like, P PS4 usually doesn't have that kind of problem. I have not experienced this in a game in a long, long time. It's interesting. Um... The other thing I would say about the game that maybe isn't a criticism, but it's just something I kind of picked up on, is I felt a lot of times while playing this that it was trying to be something else. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like it felt like maybe it's like I, I like the traverse. I think it all works fine, um, but I do think like I don't disagree that if you're gonna shift the series into being more about that, completely revamping it into something a little more organic would be in order. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if they do get to make another one. That that's something, uh, that that they, that's something they would do because now you've sort of like closed off this. The end of this does sort of round off the trilogy with sort of like I can't wait to see what the next adventure is sort of thing. So if I think like I, if there is one, I think like a minor reinvention of how it all works might not be a terrible idea. Like yeah. you're talking about, like if you're gonna really focus on the traversal as and as part of the puzzle solving in a much bigger way than the other two were. Uh, I definitely think like some rethinking of how it works yeah. would be in, or, in order, um, especially uh, when you've put your game out so close to Spider-Man, which yeah. is so much about traversal. Absolutely. Um, and that might be part of it, too, why I'm, I've soured on it a little bit is because I had just played Spider-Man, where so many things were done so well that my standards were just rocking at the top. And mm -hmm. uh, anything less than that's going to come off as like, wait a minute, this isn't as good as Spider-Man in that regard. Yeah, no, no, I, I definitely think it's better than the first for the first reboot one. Um, I, I like the tone of the first reboot better than the tone in this one. I I like the tone on this one better and and Rise better. Uh, I do like the first one a lot, but I think there's a lot of shock value in the first one. I don't know if I'd call. I don't know if I'd say this is better than Rise, even though it does focus on the part of the Tomb Raiding that I prefer. Um, I'd have to think about it. I do think the the people you meet 
in this are more interesting than the the remnant in Rise. Yeah, like the yeah. like the the characters are better in this. Um, I'd agree with that. So I don't know. It's, it's little, close. Some more dimensions than yeah. what we had prior. A little bit of that, a little bit of this. Um, I think the villain is better in this. It's not for once. It's not just like kind of a faceless like, ooh, he's bad and wants to do a thing. There's some shades to this yeah. villain because this guy, the people in yeah. his village revere him and love him because he takes care of their village. But but he's got when like, they don't see what he's doing, he's uh, yeah. And maybe he doesn't see what he's doing. Like, that's, that's the true, that's yeah. an interesting villain. Usually, is like you know he you know you want. I mean, I know we're we're in the era of Thanos where it's like. The very least, you want to be able to kind of see that he, the, the villain has a point of view, even yeah. if it's crazy or it's not something you would ever agree with. At least you can see that that he has arrived some at kind it of reasoning in some for way. It. Yeah. Um, and I think the the bad guy in this does that, as opposed to yeah. sort of like one of the bad guys from the previous game does show up again. Yeah. But he's just sort of an attack dog, like he was in the in the previous game. But um, so I, I thought that was pretty good. Like I'd like to see them continue. I'd like to see them grow this series more. I'm a little disappointed that it didn't evolve more across the three games. Yeah, especially since they took an extra year. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't like ding it for that too much. But it's just like I would definitely think, and I certainly think it's gotten hit a little too hard for that in the in the reviews. But I would say that you know if they do intend to do another one, they have you know I think keeping everything more or less you know the same and similar in the, these these first three, which sort of do form. In the end, they do form something of an origin story trilogy. Yeah. Um, I feel like at the end of this, she sort of put to put to bed her, you know, her Batman issues with her parents. Because there are um, flashbacks. That... Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There's, I mean, it's straight up Uncharted Three. It really time. is. It's yeah, like yeah. it's. You know, you, you but get that's to what play... I was saying. Like yeah. playing this game, there were so many moments where I'm like, this reminds me of this mm-hmm. game. This reminds me. There's a part in this game that reminds me a whole hell of a lot of Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Even yeah. right down to the costume. Right, yeah. If you think about that whole section of the game, I'm like, I just felt like the developers behind this game have been playing a lot of modern games and were like, hey, why don't we put this section in that's mm-hmm. a little bit like this game? And, and you know, just the swinging. After playing Spider-Man, I'm surprised you're okay with the swinging in this. Well, it's, it's not a It's, not it's a major... clunky and awkward. Yeah, like you swing... You, you, you don't have to do it very often, you, though. You lower down, you hold the trigger, you swing back and forth, you hit... Jump, no, that stuff I'm fine with. It's the more, like, the sections where you're literally, like, swinging like Spider-Man, where you have to connect it, jump, connect it again, jump, and you're going across a chasm with all these, like... Things hanging down. In fact, I posted a video of something like, like that. Like where you on, have to hit the Twitter. Hit, hit, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, sometimes I miss those when, like, I was like, you know, you slide, you're sliding out a thing, and you have to jump off it and hit it, and like the timing is just weird. Um, but I, like, in ter- like, you know, you, just, you you jump, you hit the button, she does it. It's all automatic. Like, there's nothing. There's, there. I mean, look, look, there's other little niggling issues, like just the jumping, like the. The grace period, the grace space you have on the edge of platforms is not enough. Like I've a well, lot the of times, I find I, is if it I, the jump was really long, and you're trying to get that jump that comes off right off the edge of the platform, eight times out of ten, I would just fall off the platform. Well, like there's just if you're really into like jumping and climbing and platforming in video games, this game is not up to scratch. Well, that, I think I think it's just there's inconsistent. And it's a parts. huge part of it. I just don't. I, that was not how I played. I didn't encounter that at all. My my. If anything, I think that it fudges it in your favor too obviously a lot. Like, like, and and you see this in the set piece stuff more than kind of the traversal stuff. 
Like, you know, because there's at least two things in every one of these Tomb Raider games where everything is falling apart and right. you have to run straight ahead at least two. and yeah. jump, you know, like, yeah. and like there's, moment, there's moments in a couple, especially one early on where there's one jump where I'm just like, it, you know, because I think Insomniac actually talked about years ago about how the way you make a platformer feel good is you, you let the player sort of jump a little bit after they fall off the ledge. Yeah. You know, like you give them like this little bit of invisible grace period. Yeah. And you can see that in uh, Dead Cells. Almost that, every game yeah, has it. That's, a, that's yeah. a lesson that a lot of it. And usually uh, this game does have that. But there's, a, there's certain jumps, usually at the end of like sliding down something, where it looks like this is where you should jump. In these last three jumps, I had to jump from here, and then I hit the button, and she swings, and it's fine. But for whatever reason, it's like two feet shorter, and she falls off each time. Yep. So those are the ones that I noticed that on the other, and and like just had to adjust. It took me a couple retries. The other thing that I that annoys me in this game, and it's it's not a thing that kills you because it's a thing that's in your favor. But there are some times when. You, you try to make a jump, and in my head, just off of hours of playing the game, I'm thinking she can't make that jump. Yeah. But, be, but because it's part of like a, a, a either a can sequence or simply the next place you have to go, she's just sort of like she's rocking spider jumps yeah. like across. Yeah. See, she, I would what like, I would do is I'd be like, "There's no way I can make that jump, so I'm gonna go back and try to find some other way." And mm -hmm. you waste all this time, and you come back, you're like, "Oh, I could have made that jump all along." Yeah. See, Again, I don't do that because I just like I bet she can make that because this is where I'm supposed to go. Yep, she made it. It's like, and it's just inconsistent. Right. And it's a, and it's a That's weird, the problem, though. It's when a you, weird level design choice. Yeah. It's it's it has to be consistent. You have to be able to rely and know that it's gonna do the same thing every time, mm -hmm. and that is where this game. Well, that's what, short. and like it makes up for that in kind of like the autopilot, like canned stuff. Yeah. Which, you know, it's like so it's it's not really killing you a, a ton, but it doesn't really feel like a satisfying way to solve the problem. Yeah. So, I think overall, so in the end, in the end, I, I would feel agree. Feel like that, I'm moderately in control of her. Yeah. And I don't it, like that. Like I like feeling like I am 100% in control. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's also you know it's a there's a balance to that that uh, maybe stands out less favorably in the in a game where they are making you do it as often as they do in this. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, but I just, you know, I think the next game probably does need a full revamp in how it all works if they intend to stick with this balance of combat versus puzzle solving. Because I think the puzzle solving is all really good. It is. The puzzles like, are great. The puzzles is really, the puzzles you, are really well done. The, the difficulty is perfectly tuned. Like yeah. some of them are going to make you think a little bit, but they're not so impossible that you're never going to figure them out. They're just challenging enough that when you do solve them, you feel good about right. it. Right. And they, they even added a thing in the difficulty selection for that. Where they like, yeah. if you're on normal, she'll sort of like vaguely hint what, what, what you're supposed to do. If you're on higher, she won't say anything. Right. And if you're on easy, she'll just straight up say, I should move that over there. Right. Should, and yeah. so like, there's never a point where you, I never had to do that's that. That's a clever way. Yeah, to... but that's a good way to kind of like, if you get completely stuck, you bump it down to easy and do the, do the sixth sense thing and yeah. she'll just sort of tell you what to do. Yeah. And that's kind of a cool way to do it. Yep. Uh, overall, I mean, I had a really good time with this game. Mm -hmm. like, like, here's the moment of truth: Is it worth sixty bucks? It was for me. Like, I, I don't, I don't regret playing it. At, you know, at full price at all. Yeah. Um. I will. I buy the DLC. I. I don't know. Um. Depends what it is. Yeah. I was not a giant fan of the Baba Yaga DLC of the last one. Yeah. They have not done a great job with it was, DLC. I, I, yeah. All the DLC for this series has been a little underwhelming to me. Yep. Agreed. Um, so we'll see what it is. We'll see how it turns out. But like the base game, I thought was great. A uh, good so good length. I did think it was a little. It felt a little. It's weird. It felt. I thought it felt a little small. 
I agree. Um, it's not small. It's clearly more square footage than the last game, but you only go to like six places. No, it's like right. it's like bigger lo individual locations, but, but there's fewer of them. Yeah. And like the, you know, they talk about how big Paititi, the hidden city area, is. And yeah, you spend it a ton gigantic. of time. Gigantic. Yeah. But it also feels like well, I spent like half the game here, and yeah. it feels like there's a le it feels like less of an At adventure. At least it felt like half the game there. I mean, that's where the, the that's kind of where everything happens. Yeah. That's what I mean when I when I said in the you know we were talking about I think the the run up or the previews to it where I was like I would love to see them do a Tomb Raider game that was like Tomb Raider Chronicles back in the day, which was like. It was, she, it was like five sort of separate adventures, and they yeah. all sort of had like sort of a c common thread that came together in the end. Like I would love to see a Tomb Raider game that uh, like uh, like the next one be a little more just like Lara's jet setting archaeological right, right. missions. Yeah, yeah. And like in the end, they it, that would be good like, DLC. A, like a common thread kind of comes up, and like it all sort of like oh, in the end, it's like this leads to this, and this leads to this, and you know, it, it ends up being some kind of coherent thing, or she's up against you know. She's up against some kind of like you know rival archaeologist or something like that, or like some evil version of herself or whatever the hell you want to make it. Um, but just like you know, globe trot a little more. Like I like I, I get that it's a little more rational from a game development perspective to pick an environment and just do that environment really yeah. well. But now you've got really good like kind of rocky island, and now you've got really good jungle, and now you've got really good tundra. snow tundra. Yep. So just sort of like reuse some of that and like plug it into your new ideas and like make it a little you know, a little more of a Jedi Academy thing. Like go to a whole bunch of different places and it, so it doesn't feel quite so much like I'm sort of stuck in the same sort of 10 mile radius the whole time. Yep. That would be my wish for the next one in addition to kind of revamping the traversal to to sort of you know, the traversal, like, I, I think you make a good point in that the traversal is the star of the show in this one in the way it wasn't before. And so, yeah, they do need to work on that a little more. I'm make, okay to, with the direction. Right. The direction's good, but they need to justify the direction by making the traversal something that's more fun and more dependable. And interactive. Yeah. And something you're in control of. So, as far as whether I think it's worth 60 bucks, I do. Um, I don't think most people, if you like the last two games, I don't think you'll buy this and you're going to regret it. No. Um, Although I do think it would help if you had a Pro or an X or yeah. a PC. I don't know how it's running on PC. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. It ran and looked great on my base mm -hmm. PS4. Other than the audio issues, I didn't really have any problems with it. Um, it's a gorgeous game, even on the base PS4. And I didn't really see any frame rate dips or any performance issues other than that weird loading thing that would come yeah, up. Yeah, it, it doesn't hold 60 all the time on high frame rate on the X. It, it, I think it's you're dipping into the 40s semi-regularly yeah. in busy areas. But it's not that it's not bad. Like it's it's entirely playable, and having I just I did just play a little bit of Rise of uh, Rise kind of in the warm up on the Xbox One X just to kind of compare, and uh, I will say that it's a lot easier to aim to find aim and in headshots are a lot easier in this game because it runs at a at a higher frame rate than most of the other modes on. Uh, on on the uh, rise of the Doom Raider makes a difference. So absolutely, yeah, I think that they did they did step it up technologically, and uh, they take good they take I think they took pretty good advantage of the X's power. One thing I think I'll say before before we close on this game is that I'm a little down on the third installment, but I do think that they have done a great job of rebooting and reviving this franchise. Because mm. let's be honest, it was pretty much left for dead before they decided to do this. So. Maybe they dragged out her becoming who she ultimately was going to become a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a it's a great trilogy. All three games are good to amazing, um, and I think if you enjoy the first two games, you're going to enjoy this one too. Yep. I just hope I hope they push past it and come up with some new ideas moving because this one does 
to his credit, put to bed the, the issues with her father, uh, the, the, all the Trinity stuff. Like, it, you know, yep. it, it gives you some closure. Thank God. All, I'm, yeah. done, I'm done with Trinity, man. I'm it, over it. It gives you closure <laughs> on all that stuff, so hopefully yeah. they can move it in a new direction and, and come up with some new ideas for it because um, it's time. Yep. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about something we have never talked about on Game Face, and that is NASCAR. And I was not warned about this. <laughs> and this may be the last time we ever talk about NASCAR. Uh, I have been playing NASCAR Heat 3. And the reason I decided to play the game, one, they, they sent it to me, which is awesome. I got a code for it. Take boy out of rural Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like NASCAR. For the record, I am not a NASCAR fan. I have tried to enjoy NASCAR. It's just never clicked. And I don't begrudge anyone who does like it. Or, so I have not played a NASCAR game since EA held the license. And so this other smaller publisher has had the NASCAR license now, I think for like three years. And I figured they sent me a code. I figured it was a good time to jump in and see how it had changed, if it improved or not improved since EA lost the license. So I gave NASCAR Heat 3 a pretty good go. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, I don't think that they've improved the NASCAR video game since EA lost the license. Uh, I will say this, I was pleasantly surprised by this game, though, because the developer and publisher are small, and this game is pretty full-featured. Um, I think what turns a lot of people off from NASCAR, not just NASCAR video games, but NASCAR in general, is how long the races are. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, some races are like 500 laps, but this game... It, it's easy to just say, well, we'll just make the, la the race four laps. That's an easy way to fix the problem. But this game does a good job of scaling the game from 500 laps to five or six laps and still creating the feeling of an ebb and flow of a NASCAR race, if I'm making any sense at all. Um, like, you would think, okay, with NASCAR, if you're in 20th place and you're trying to finish in the top 10, that's going to take 70, 80 laps, generally, of you playing well and and somebody else making a mistake or whatever, they do a good job of truncating all that down into just a handful of laps in this game. So there's still like an ebb and flow. If you're way behind, you can still catch up and get inside the top 10 if you need to for the points or for the cash or whatever. Um, another thing it does to kind of mitigate the fact that NASCAR races are generally really long is there's an option that lets you just cut straight to the cup chase. Hmm. And all you do is just race the big races with the stars. The game is all officially licensed, so you have all the real drivers, all the real cars, all the real tracks. Um, I chose to play with Danica Patrick because she's like leaving the uh, the sport. If I guess you can call it a sport. Yeah, it's, it's a motorsport. Yeah, it's a motorsport. Hey, they're working hard in there. Yeah, it's not e it's not easy. <laughs> it's hot. Yeah, I I would I could not imagine driving one of these cars for like four hours straight. Like just yeah. playing a video game of it was exhausting at times. Concentration takes effort. Yep, so there's the cup chase mode where you can just cut straight to the fun stuff, or there's the career mode. The career mode in this game is insane. <laughs> you start out as a dirt track driver, and you're what's called a hot seat driver. So you don't have a team, you don't have any sponsors, you're basically a fill-in. So you dial into the local tracks, they're like, yeah, we lost a guy, you want to come in, we'll pay you $2,500 to drive a car tonight. You start doing that, and eventually you build up your, your acclaim and your reputation, and then eventually you start your own team. And we're seeing that process right now where you start your own team. Uh, once you start your own, and you can choose not to start your own team as well. You can just go pro and, and drive for somebody else if you want. But, you know, obviously creating your own team helps you dive into what the, the entire game has to offer. And they spelled construction wrong. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, 
there's not a, a great amount of polish slathered over this game, Matt. I'll, I'll say that much. Yeah. But uh, you start your own team. You start with one car. You hire people to work on your crew, and you can level those people up. You can train them to make them better at their jobs. They're all, you can see right there, they're all proficient in three different disciplines uh, based upon the car. And essentially, you use them to level up your vehicle and improve your vehicle. Um, and it's a process. Everything they do takes time. You have to monitor them. You have to hire new guys as you're making more money. Um, you can see car customization, obviously, is a big part of it. It's not like Forza, where you can like create your own like logos and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't go that deep. It's like, hey, here's the 50 logos we have from our sponsors. Put them wherever you want. That's about where the customization ends. But as you start your team, you start in dirt track. You work your way up through dirt track. You start racing trucks. And then eventually you get to the big dance with NASCAR, where you're actually racing with the big boys and all the licensed drivers. Um, so the career mode in this is pretty good. It's grindy. Uh, you have to complete a lot of races to make even minimal amounts of headway. For me, that became annoying. For a NASCAR fan, I could see where they actually absolutely would gobble it up. And the other thing I would say about the game is it is absolutely targeted at the NASCAR fan and not the gamer. So it is very easy. I know maybe some of the early races you saw there where you're first starting out, like I was finishing 12th or whatever. Once you get to where you're building your car or you're just racing in the chase for the cup, it's so easy. Literally, mm. like, it's like my first racing game. And if you, you, look, there are difficulty settings and you can jack it up. And I did do that to see if the competition was better. It was better still, not where it needs to be. So you can see that they've kind of tuned this game for the NASCAR fan, mm. who maybe doesn't play a ton of video games, maybe, loves NASCAR. Maybe not going to be playing totally sober. Probably, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's a, that's a good way to put it. And I think that makes sense. I mean, this is a game, not a lot of hardcore racing people are going to buy or play this game. It's going to be NASCAR fans who maybe haven't played a ton of video games. So I think it was smart for them to kind of tune it that way. I do wish that the higher difficulty was designed for people like us who have played a lot of driving games. Um, the racing model itself is pretty good. The physics, a lot of it seems to be faked. Like, I don't know if you've seen, like, here, you can see it. Like, that power slide isn't really a power slide. Like, mm -hmm. if the car is just turning, like, sideways, the physics don't feel exactly right. And the uh, opposing AI, they're, all the cars are just on a rail, which means you can use them as bumper cars in turns. <coughs> so you can come into a turn really hot and pass, like, 10 cars in one turn because they all slow down the way that they should. You can barrel in, slam into them, and use them as a guardrail and make it around the turn and pass, like, 10 guys in one turn. Um, and, and so again, I think the whole thing's been tuned for a more casual audience, people who would probably are going to be interested in buying this game. There are online races and again, they're extremely customizable, but you can race like 500 lap races online <laughs> if you want to with like 40 other people. And I think that's another thing that kind of sets this apart from other racing games is how many cars are on each track. There's a definite feel to this game when you're when you're coming around a turn and you're literally like three or four cars wide and there are 20 cars in front of you and 15 cars behind you and perfect perfect b-roll right here this is this is when the game is at its best where just the slightest nudge of the analog stick will jump you in or inside or outside you have to be very very careful very very sensitive with the analog stick and this reminds me a little bit of uh, wave race on n64 where just the slightest budge left or right would make a big difference in how the vehicle handles. And I like that about it. It, uh, 
There's a rival system, so you can't just slam into people and not face repercussions. And rivals, you, I did notice it. Like a guy, I basically ran him off the track and wrecked him. In the next race, he just went after me. Like he didn't hmm. even really care about the race at all. He was just trying to take me out and, and wreck me off the track. So that, I think, is in place to kind of check the using cars as guardrails in the corners. But overall, I think that tactic ultimately was worth the dealing with some of some rivals here and there. So I guess I would say I'm pleasantly surprised by NASCAR Heat 3. I thought it was going to be way worse than it was. This small studio that's working on this is doing a pretty good job. They definitely get the sport, and I think they definitely understand the audience and the people who would potentially buy the game. Uh, I just think for most people like us or our fellow sifters or the folks on YouTube, I don't think it's a game that they're going to enjoy over the long term because it just doesn't put up much of a challenge. So there you go. Our but, 10 minutes. But luckily, if you didn't watch this, you would never hear about it. So Right. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, but so there you go. There's our 10 minutes on NASCAR, our first 10 minutes on NASCAR, and probably our last. <laughs> uh, next, we're going to talk about... I'll just wait for Forza Horizon. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, that's, uh, that would be my recommendation is just wait another, what, like three weeks? Not even. It's not like even. next week. Is it next week? Yeah, it's 27th. What comes out, I think, if you buy the extra expensive version in this month. It's earlier. Yeah. yeah. And then if you don't, you have to wait till I think, like October 2nd or 3rd or something mm. like that. A couple weeks away. Yeah, so yeah, if, you, if you're looking for an arcade-style racing game, definitely wait for uh, Forza Horizon 4. Now we're going to talk about another game that I never thought I would play, but I did. And that is SNK Heroines Tag Team Frenzy. Hmm. This is what is supposed to be an all-star brawler from SNK that features all the female characters from all its franchises. And I will just have to, in the interest of full disclosure, I have to tell you right out of the gate that I literally recognize like three characters in this entire game. Um, so they're plumbing the depths of the SNK catalog to pull in the roster for this game. Now, here's something else I would say. I have not played a more wacky, off-the-wall Japanese game like this in a really long time. So the setup for this game is you play as the girls, you wake up in this mansion, you've been drugged, and it turns out you've been brought to this mansion by this guy that you're seeing right now, and he... <laughs> It, only a Japanese game would, would have this premise. So he has, he has kidnapped the girls. He's brought them to this mansion to extract their fear so that he can then use that fear to resuscitate a creature. Hmm. And it, it's, the whole setup is kind of like a little Saul's like, like the movie Saul. It's like you're trapped in this crazy contraption filled mansion and there's cameras everywhere that are like observing, quote unquote, observing the girls. Uh, there's attempts at humor that completely fall flat. The, the writing is completely awkward. They have not done any translation at all as far as the voice work. It's all in Japanese. Uh, there are literally five cutscenes in the entire story mode. And in fact, I may ultimately clip them all together in one video and publish them on Sifted because it, it is just completely absurd. It makes no sense whatsoever. So that's the setup. Um, the gameplay itself, it's kind of like my first fighting game. Everything is kind of handled for you. Uh, there are, you know, as far as the, the move list is concerned, it's very small. Each fighter has probably 25% to a third of the moves you would count on having in per character in most fighting games. Um, the finishers are like basically automatic. Like a little thing pops up on screen and you just hit R1 and it just does the finisher. Uh, obviously, with the name 
tag team is a big part of the game. And so when you select a character, you actually select two. You select your main character, you select your support character. And then you can tap R2 at any time and bring in your tag partner and they'll come in. Um, there's not a lot of strategy involved with it in all honesty. Like I usually just tagged in my other partner when either my first character was getting beat up and was almost near death or when the finish sign popped up on the screen and I couldn't pull off the finisher with my existing character, I would just swap in the other one and then tap R1 and pull off the finisher. Um, so in a lot of ways, it's like a beginner's fighting game. I don't know how that aligns with the potential audience for this game. Um, I don't even know what the potential... To be perfectly honest with you, Matt, after I played this game, I really struggled to, to rationalize why it exists. Uh, probably just for fans of SNK stuff. I mean, like, I, there is a there is a side uh, there is a side hustle in the fighting game community that's sort of like, uh, as they would say, the, like the kusoge thing, which is like short for shit game in yeah. Japanese. Um, so it's like, and, and there, you'll see that like side streams in like fighting tournaments where like people are playing like these like weird. That's why uh, Fighting Lair got made. It's because yeah. it was like you know people playing the old uh, Street Fighter EX games, right? Sort of for a laugh, but also like to be, you know, like they're, they're good at them, you know, yeah. like they've, they've mastered them what there is to master. Um, so I would guess it's, it's kind of for that, plus like it's kind of, kind of got the dead or alive sort of like boob game thing. I mean that, uh, to expand on what I was saying before, like I found nothing edifying about this game. Mm. I don't feel like I'm any better for myself after having <laughs> played it. Like literally, I just, I don't really find any redeeming values in this game. There are better fighting games. There are better girl oogling games. There are better fighting girl oogling games in this. And ogling? You, oogling, yeah. Ogling. What is it? Ogling. Oh, I thought it was O-O-G-L-I-N-G. No, it's one O. Oh. Well, anyway. O oogling is a, is a different thing. Probably. You know what I meant. Yeah. And, there, and Dead or Alive is better at both than this game is. Um, I just, or that other, what's the other, wasn't that some Senran Kagura game came out where you just tickle the girl for yeah. the whole time yeah that, that was that was out i mean week. look th that's the vibe i get off of this it's that game. kind of thing yeah. it's it's just like hey here's girls with big boobs with hardly any clothes on you can as you play the game you earn credits you can then use those credits to unlock art you can unlock cutscenes, which is weird um not that they're worth watching uh you can unlock like music files and and things like that and you can unlock costume items and i can yeah, already see where this is all headed it's a fan game basically and like, that's i understand that but who is a fan of 80 percent of the roster i mean i think most people have no surprised. idea who these people are uh, really most people sure but like fighting game fans who like snk i recognize 80 percent of the people on that character select screen yeah i don't i don't know who the support character is here but like most of the characters that you scrolled through there like i yeah i, I know who they all are most of them are just from king of fighters really or permutations yeah Maybe they look a lot different in this. They are, there is a diff, slightly different art style, and of course here Terry is a girl for some reason. Right. Um, yeah. Because they still been... had to have Terry in, a, in the game. Yeah, you, that's can't, why. you can't do a, an SK fighter without Terry Bogart. And the funny part too is that they do call her Terry in the cutscenes, mm -hmm. which is just I don't know. I spent a good bit of time playing this because I felt like I should if I'm going to talk about it. And after I got done playing it, I was like, why did I do that? I just I'm surprised you played it at all. Yeah. Well, they sent me a code. Yeah. And. Uh, it's out on like PS4 and Switch and maybe PC. Um, yeah, they they bring a lot of this stuff to PC. And um, I you know I just figured a lot of look these games do really well on Sifted. That's the truth. You know, if you look at our numbers, like people watch the trailers and the gameplay for these games, 
And so that means that we've got an audience for this stuff and I need to cover it and make sure that I'm helping those people out, trying to figure out whether they should buy this stuff. And look, I get some people who are into these games are only gonna buy them just to check out the chicks or whatever. Um, so I understand that part of it, but some of them do care if there's actually a game worth playing there. And uh, in this case, instead of paying full price for this game, I would recommend buying any of the best three or four fighters that have come out or save your money for Soul Calibur VI, which also, by the way, is an ogling game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's, a, that's a tradition in street, in Soul Calibur. Yep, and Soul Calibur is coming out pretty soon. So even though this socks. is, I think this is only like forty bucks. It's not a full price game, but I was still a lot for a, it a goof game. Basically. It is, and I would so I would spend the extra twenty bucks and get Soul Calibur, or chances are you can get one of the older games for probably around that same price mm -hmm. now. So again, I really have no idea why this game exists. I don't feel or the latest King of Fighters, which I guarantee is better. Uh, yeah, exactly, a better fighter. No, you're right. And I just feel like I wasted my time on this so you don't have to. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. That is part of our jobs, is jumping on the grenade here and there. And that's what I did with this one. So um, even on Switch, where I know you're really hurting for good fighting games, I do not recommend spending the money on SNK Heroines mm. Tag Team Frenzy. Sega should put Virtua Fighter on that thing. Absolutely. Where is Virtua Fighter, Matt? Buried in a basement Are somewhere. we ever going to see another one, do you think? I don't know. I feel like we probably would have by now, but then you never know. Like, I never thought we'd see, uh, you know, remakes of Yakuza 1 and 2. Right. I never thought we'd see... <laughs> that's a, that's I never thought point. we'd see HD versions of Shenmue. Like, you know, yeah. like, Sega surprises you on a pretty regular basis, so... I will say, this is the most shallow fighting game I have played since, like, the N64 days. Because hmm. there were some fighters that came out for N64 that were, like, two-button fighters or whatever. Like, this tray is very, very close. Like, there's... Like, two counters per character. There's two throws per character. Uh, there's one finisher per character. And they're so easy to pull off that they're just, they feel completely cheapened. Every match is one round. So the matches literally last, in some cases, like 35 or 40 seconds. It made it really easy to get... I think I got through the career mode mat in this game in, like, 14 minutes. Yeah. Like, the first time I played it. <laughs> so... There's just not many redeeming elements or factors to this game. So I say steer far, far away. I've seen reviews for this game that have given it like an 8.5. Hmm. Yes. We curated as one. As good that... as Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So do not believe that hype. This game is absolutely... I mean, I'm not writing a game eval for this, but I'm guessing if I did, it would probably end up getting around a 3.5 or somewhere around there. So... Stay away, people. Even if you're yeah. a Switch owner and you have no fighting games to play, well, you just hold on for Smash. If you're a Switch owner, you should have that Street Fighter collection to play. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, that's a good point. no reason for this. And that wasn't full price either, was it? No, I think it was 40 40 something like that, yeah. So stay away. Even you Switch owners, don't do it. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about Dragon Quest Eleven. This game's been out now for, what, a week and a half? A couple of weeks, a little while. Yeah, we're a little late to the party on this one, but it's a gigantic game. Like, they're... Mm -hmm. Still aren't a ton of reviews for this game out there. No, I didn't. I haven't played a ton of it. I actually started it right after I finished Tomb Raider. So I'm like a handful of hours, less than 10 hours into it. So here's um, the thing with Dragon Quest. I'll just set, I'll put the ball on the tee for you, Matt. Hmm. I haven't played this at all. This is all Matt who's, who's been playing it. Square Enix, or just even Enix back in the day, has struggled to make this game palatable to the U.S. market. It... It just gave up for a period mm -hmm. there. 
Over the last decade, it's really worked hard to try to make this game something that Western audiences will appreciate. Do you feel like Dragon Quest XI has done that? No. No. It's just Dragon Quest. Okay. Um, there's a th so I, I have played Dragon... I mean, I've played Dragon Quest going back to Dragon Warrior 3 on the NES. Um, uh, the, Dra the Dragon Quest games were renamed Dragon Warrior for a long time here. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Quest uh, is a kind of the er JRPG that, that sort of spun out of um, the success of Wizardry, uh, the Western RPG Wizardry in Japan. Um, the the old uh, Dragon Quest were part of like this this sort of movement over there to sort of try to adapt that sort of uh, a game into like you know a console kind of JRPG idea, and that's sort of where the idea of a JRPG comes from. Is these these games? That's why these. That's why Dragon Quest has such a Western fantasy sort of element to it. Is that's based on wizardry and um, maybe some might and magic in there as well. Uh, so, so they've had their, you know, this is the game where, you know, there was the urban legend that I don't think ended up, ended up being true that like, you know, basically it was almost a, a national holiday in Japan when a Dragon Quest game would come out because everybody It was, used to be that way. Um, that apparently is not true. I, I, oh, I really? It. That was, I mean, I would see the pictures of lines and crap where they yeah, were like wrapping that, around the city. And... But apparently there was not like a thing where like so many people didn't show up to work in school that they just gave up and called it a holiday. Like oh, that, okay. that was the, that was the legend back in the day. Okay. Um, but it was extremely popular, and it just never caught on here. Um, I think there was a drought where, like, no Dragon Quest games came to the U.S. between, like, 3 and 7 or something like that. Like, I, like when it came out, when the one came out on the PlayStation 1, that, like, I think that was 7. I, it was, like, a big deal. It was like, oh, Dragon Quest is back. No, it was. And, yeah. of course, Dragon Quest was, you know, and that was the first time I think they called it Quest here. And it was just this endlessly long grinding like baseline JRPG these games are huge that some people love but like some people like me just couldn't you know I, I, I got like 20 hours in that game and that was enough I've gone back and played a fair number of them uh, when they because they put basically all of them out again on the DS and 3DS over the years yep. uh, and the Game Boy I, I think I have all of them across several, like the three Nintendo handhelds like like from the GBA or G Game Boy Color releases of one, two, and three, up through the the, the remake of of uh, eight, which is a PS2 game, and nine, which only came out on I think on the 3DS, and then of course no one's played ten because that was uh, never released here because it's in like an MMO or something like that on the 3DS. I have a lot of unopened Dragon Quest games. So do I. <laughs> but I, I have that were sent to me by Enix or eventually Square Enix. And I just, I knew that they were like 80 hours, 100 hours, mm -hmm. and I just never even opened them. I played through 4, 5, and 7 on the 3DS, um, mostly through plane flights. Um, they're like my, they're they're, they're my go-to like travel games usually, yeah. or they were, I haven't, I haven't done that in a while, but like, because they're just, they're just, you know what they are, you don't really need a strategy guide for anything, you can just sit there and grind away and you'll still make progress. Um, and they're super old school, and uh, that doesn't change with Eleven. Um, the thing that strikes me about Dragon Quest Eleven so far is that it is, it sure is a JRPG, <laughs> and it delivers everything you expect from a Dragon Quest game, except it's just really pretty. And I got to admit, it is that, a pretty game. Absolutely. That while 
I have fallen asleep playing it. <laughs> um, partly because it's just sort of soothing. Yeah. Um, I really do appreciate the fact that they are not trying to reinvent the wheel here. They're not trying to, like, give you Dragon Quest like you've never seen it before. It's yeah. just, here's Dragon Quest made with modern tech. Yeah. Enjoy. And, like, and, and, really and like orchestral I'm music. Assuming. And, very yeah, it's very polished. Um, everything works pretty well. I mean, the jumping is a little janky, but like it's almost it's almost expected in these games. Yeah. Um, these like kind of JRPG games that add like a little platforming element. Um, but you know, there's a day night cycle. There's there's some modern you know there's some modern nice to haves happening. But for the most part, as you can already see here, it's Dragon Quest. Yeah. And it's in HD. Turn-based RPG, which turn, is yeah. really rare in 2018. A big budget turn-based RPG. You have mm -hmm. Persona, and you got this. Pretty much. And uh, it, it's kind of slow-moving. It, it, it does have voice acting in it. Um, a lot of Very perky. Very I upbeat. was setting up for the show, and I, you were playing it in there, and that, I just kept hearing the voice acting. I was like, holy cow. Yeah, it's very, uh, They're it's, very excited to be in this video game. It's a bunch of uh, uh, British stage actors and BBC actors, as, I, as far as I can tell. The guy you're seeing here, that's Eric. That's the first party member you get. Um, he... That's a voice by a British dude who's doing... I think he's trying to either do Brooklyn or Boston and sort of doing both. <laughs> Big difference. But also letting his own accent slink through once in a while. <laughs> and it is one of the weirdest performances I've ever... I mean, he's going for sort of a street-tough thief guy, but, like, you never know what R is going to come out of any word he says. It's uh -huh. kind of amazing. <laughs> and, like, you could you could justify it by saying, like, well, it's a fantasy world, so there wouldn't be a Boston or a Brooklyn or a British accent. So the fact that it's an accent you've never really heard before actually makes it more authentic. Because that's just what these guys sound like. Right, but no one right. else sounds like him, so it's kind of... Everyone else is cockney uh, in the area he lives in. But, like, it's it's interesting to play sort of, like, this this... It's it's just like really high production value bare bones JRPG. Um, How's the combat system? Obviously, and it's I kind of dig it. Like I like you it. like going back to the basics. Um, yeah, it's all, well. It actually seems to take a page out of Persona in that you only directly control the main character. So the other characters in your party um, they just act on their own. Bamf! Oh, they act on their own. They act on their own. So uh, and you can adjust tactics like in the in the battle. But you don't get to choose attack, whatever. Interesting. Uh, at least not so far. I mean, maybe that changes later, and they're just got me on easy mode training wheels for well, now. Well, considering the game's probably about eighty hours long, that's very possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm closing in on seven or eight hours now, I think. Yeah. Uh, but so far, they they it's like a it's like a persona thing. Um, so I can see there's random encounters. Yes. Well, it's, you it's can't not, avoid them though. You can avoid them as much as you want. Uh, they have the persona thing where you whack them with the sword before you fight, and you take a little damage off them. Um, you ride a horse around. You, does that you, give you first attack as well? Not always. Really? Uh, but it does seem to just sort of damage them a little bit. Um, and then you ride a horse around, and that makes you more or less invincible. You can still get in fights and pick stuff up on the horse, but you don't have to really fight anything uh, that is at your level while you're on the horse, and it gets you around faster. There's a nice map system that lets you like look through and see where all the you know the, the gather points are for components and stuff and places you've been. You can actually sort all the gather points by what you get from them. Okay. So if you're looking for a specific like material, like it's real easy to rem you know you don't have to remember. Oh, that one place with the trees in the corner of was the other corner. It's like you know you just look it up through the map system and you know exactly where you need to go to go pick up your your ten bear asses for your for your <laughs> stupid fetch quest or whatever. Um, 
yeah, like what's the plot? What's the story? Um, you well, the beginning you uh, did Dragon Quest. I don't even know this the answer to this. Do Dragon Quest games continue the plot from one game to another? No, not, okay. not in my experience, at least. They, they 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 seem to have. It's like Final Fantasy. It seems to just be common elements. Okay. Uh, or if there is a story that continues through the whole thing, I have never played them deeply enough to to, know. to connect the dots. Yeah. But um, basically, uh, it begins with like some kind of attack at the castle, and these these girls escape with the baby, and get chased by riders, and then the baby floats down a river, and an old man finds it and picks it up and takes it with him, and then it cuts to like sixteen years later, and the baby is this guy, okay, uh, your character, and you are going to climb this little mountain with your childhood friend Gemma. And her dog, uh, to because that's what you do when you come of age in this village. <laughs> is you climb up, you climb the the mountain, and you say a prayer, and you come back down, and now you're an now you're a man. Yep, literally, <laughs> that's what it is. And when you come back down, they basically you go back to your mom, and she's like, okay, you're actually you're actually adopted, and and here's this little like pendant, and you have this mark on your hand that like indicates that you're like the reincarnation of the luminary. And you need to go talk to the king and find out what you, what you need to do, what your destiny is. So, uh, so that's the beginning. You go and you leave town, and you go to meet the king. And uh, as you can tell, when you see uh, the king's character design, because Akira Toriyama is not a subtle man, uh, he <laughs> no one's is, ever accused him of no, that. He he is a bad guy, and they all want to kill you because the luminary is going to do a thing that they don't want the luminary want to happen. Is this the king right here we're seeing? No, he's but they're working for him. Oh, okay, so that's that's like one of the bad guy knights working for the king, and they throw you in a dungeon, and that's where you meet the blue haired guy, and uh, it progresses from there. Gotcha. Um, so yes, very early on, you are in a dungeon in a sewer, so you know that everything is right with the world. <laughs> um, you get to fight rats. No, no? <laughs> I have not fought any rats because all the all the that's the weird thing is like I really like what they've done with the art style in this game because I don't like Akira Toriyama's art for the most part. I think his character designs are it's very distinctive though. I mean, even they're just, in the pantheon of Japanese, I mean, you can video tell games. it's him, but yeah. one of the reasons you can tell it's him is because he has three faces, yeah, and everybody has the same <laughs> three kinds of hairstyles, and everybody uh, has the same outfits and everything. Like yeah. he, I mean, in the same way that Nomura is in love with belts, this dude is in love with karate geese. <laughs> And like gritting their teeth, you yeah. Know? And but I think the way they've adapted his character design, because you can see like his drawings of them, and they look much more him than what gets translated into these character models. And I think they have balanced like kind of his art style with how the 3D models work and how the the world has kind of this like cartoonish but sort of really realistic texturing work. It is an odd um, art style. It's, for it's, sure. a, it's not like it's also kind of barren in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's not like anything else really, but like I think it really works. Like it's pleasing to my eye. It's, oh, I agree. Yeah, it's bright too. and it's colorful, but it's yep. also not like quote you know, as for lack of a better term, kitty. Yeah. Like it doesn't look <laughs> I haven't like, heard that for a while. It doesn't look like some kind of blue dragon bullshit, kitty. which is also yeah. him, you know, but like because uh, Blue Dragon was basically trying to be Dragon Quest, um, but I think they really found the balance on this. Um, and then it's weird because like the the enemies, like the random enemies, are still pretty much these goofy little like you know they look it's like been the most Dragon Quest thing of anything I've seen. Yeah, they look like things that you would buy a stuffed toy of yeah. basically, but they're also like textured with really high res texture. With the, so they look really good, but they just look like you know you're, you're this kind of semi realistic looking anime warrior dude, and you whack this platypus guy with a mohawk and he and he falls over and then like all his fat like jiggles when he lands and stuff i'm just like i'm <laughs> like it's, cool. it's cool but it's it's like it's like 
you, I feel like I should think it's stupid, but I don't. Yeah. Like it all somehow works, and I, I like looking at it. I just like I like seeing it. And that hasn't been true of a Dragon Quest game for a very long no. time. No, that's the, 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 the Dragon Quest has kind of been the redheaded stepchild at Square Enix for quite a while because it usually only appeals to one market. Yeah. And it also happens to be the smallest market. Right. So. It's been hard for probably Square Enix to convince itself to really put a lot of money into it. But you know what? If it wants to make it a hit in more markets than one, that's exactly what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, so I enjoy it. Um, I, I definitely appreciate it. Have you found any nuance to the combat? You mentioned earlier about um, how that your, your party members are kind of AI-driven. but I think it's too soon. Like I only have the one other party member. Like It hasn't oh, okay. opened up to the point that... You know, I've fought like one or two bosses and something. So like... Yeah, you know, I just got attacks and spells and items now, and you know there, there hasn't really been any kind of like fight that I really felt like I had to think about it too hard. It's just basically make sure you're attacking the same person until and, their and, hit points are gone. Um, and it hasn't been like too grindy. I haven't hit a point where I felt like I oh I need to grind for money to buy a new thing, or I need to like kill a bunch of guys to get level up because I'm not strong enough. It doesn't. I haven't hit any of those gateways yet, um, which I appreciate. Um, I mean, you never know. The game's so long, anything could happen. Uh, the, the story is not riveting by any means, but, like, it's pleasant. I guess, what, I guess that's what I'd say. <laughs> I'd say it's, it's all just very pleasantly reminiscent of the old games without feeling like an old game because it, it has the production value of a modern game. Right. Um, if that's a thing that appeals to you, then, I, you know, and there is a skill tree thing where you can, like, you get skill points and kind of, like, modify things. So, and you, you do have a choice between, like, you know, when you start out, you have, like, this, the sword... And you have a great sword, so the sword can can do parrying, and the great sword is more powerful, but leaves you more open defensively. Um, so you can you can go through different skill trees for that, and kind of like enhance your ability with each of those things. I've been going more standard sword. I, I'm I'm a sword and sword and shield guy when it comes down to it. I typically am too. Um, so there, it does seem like there's some meat to it eventually. I just haven't gotten there yet. So this is really this is really pretty much first impressions. I mean. It, it feels a little weird to say that like I've played a game almost ten hours and I'm still first impressioning it. But <laughs> that's if you're, Dragon Quest. If you played Persona Five, you know that's also true of that oh, game. Yeah. Um, yep. But so far, I like it. Like, are you gonna stick with it? Are you gonna keep playing? I am gonna stick with it until something more interesting comes along. But, like, <laughs> um, but maybe at that point, at that point, there I, won't be I anything might be else invested. more interesting. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Like I, if I mean, it, it's definitely exactly what you you see. What you see is what you get. Like, if you look at this and you think it looks cool and you have a, an affinity for old-school JRPG stuff, like, it's gonna, it delivers that. It delivers the old-school JRPG uh, experience with modern visuals and production value. Um, the only thing I could think to say as a caveat to that would be, like, when I say old-school, I mean it. Like, I, I'm, I, this is... You know, I mean, you're walking across. I mean, this could if you you could transpose this into a Super Nintendo game and not lose a whole lot, right? You know, yeah. this it's it's about the experience of seeing like one of these games done up like this. And if that's what you know you're into, and what I mean to me, that is enough. Well, if you're an old school Dragon Quest fan, this is a no brainer. Yeah, I mean, never has the world looked so real or been so fully realized. Yeah. And it's got, you know, it's also, you know, it's got that level five sort of like, you know, the yeah. level five uh, developer sort of, I think they did work on it, uh, that sort of like Miyazaki style, like kind of old world Europe sort of look to it. And, yeah. and I love that. So, and I think they've done a really good job with it here. Um, 
So yeah, it's, it's a bit pretty basic impressions, but like it's, I'm pretty positive on it so far. Even though I said, you know, it did. I was playing it late at night, and it, I just fell asleep running into a wall. Like it was, it was, <laughs> it was just. You woke up and your character was just running into a wall. Yeah, it was just. It's. It, <laughs> I've done that so many times, man. It's so embarrassing too. Like a lot of times, my wife will come out and just like tap me on the shoulder, and I'll wake up, and then she'll <laughs> be looking at me, and I'll look at myself, and I'll be like, "What have I been? What doing? am I?" Yeah. <laughs> I just. Yeah, I didn't. I I don't usually do that. It doesn't happen. And the look on her face is just like you did it again. (laughs) She's She's used to it now. (laughs) After all these years, she's finally used to it. The first time it happened, though, she was not used to it. She's like, "This is this is my life. This is it. This is this is is us." (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, look. If you keep playing it, uh, maybe we'll come back in a week or two and we'll give like more detailed impressions on the game. But it sounds like you're recommending it to folks who enjoy JRPGs. Yeah. Like I think, uh, and I just I just like also that like it's still true to kind of the, the games I played back you know twenty five thirty years ago. Yeah. And like I I get tired of the Final Fantasy thing where like they they reinvent the wheel every time is like just make a damn Final Fantasy game like yeah. it doesn't have to be like this weird. I think thirteen was off the rails uh, ironically because it's on rails. Yeah. <laughs> and then like and then like you know fifteen was basically trash to me. Like I don't, like I don't want any of that. I don't. That doesn't make it final. It doesn't feel like Final Fantasy. It doesn't look like Final Fantasy. It's I not. would agree with that. I still enjoyed Final Fantasy 15, but you're you're right. Like if if you had shown me that game when I was like eight years mm-hmm. old, and I was like, that's not Final Fantasy. No, this that's- is. This is this game is doing the opposite. It of looks Final amazing. It, I think my head would explode if you showed me that game when I was eight years old. But I would definitely even then say that doesn't look like a Final no, Fantasy. No, but like like this game is doing the opposite of Final Fantasy 15, where it's like it's taking modern tech and saying like we're going to use it to enhance all the things you expect from this series, as opposed to Final Fantasy, which sort of says like. We we're don't. Gonna we trash don't. All that. We don't know what this is supposed to be anymore. So we're just gonna throw shit at the wall until until four four teenagers get in a convertible. You know, I mean, like how how awesome would it be if the next Final Fantasy were just a more generic high fantasy RPG? Well, I mean, you're kind of gonna get that if Final Fantasy VII remake ever gets made. Yeah. Um, but I do think I would love to see them throw it back to like a more Final Fantasy V, Final Fantasy VI sort of aesthetic. Uh, in terms of the world, yeah. uh, or even nine. I mean, I think Final Fantasy Nine was. You were already at the point where people were kind of, you know, wanting that, and Final Fantasy Nine was yeah. a throwback to that. And also, for, consequently, my last like favorite Final. Oh, Fantasy. for my Final for my money, that's the <laughs> only. Not only is it the best PS One Final Fantasy, I think it's the only good Final Fantasy uh, on PS One. Um, I mean, it's not a coincidence that my favorite my favorite Final Fantasy of all time is six. It's not a coincidence most people, that the ones yeah. that I know most people is seven. Trust yeah, me. you're right. Uh, I think they're, most people—they're wrong. I think but, most yeah. people who know RPGs—I think most people six. who weren't 12 in 1997 right, right. probably <laughs> pick six. <laughs> right. um, yeah, but like uh, you know, nine and twelve are my two favorites of the post—the modern, modern era. Yeah, uh, because they are you know more of a throwback to kind of that what high, I think high Final fantasy, fantasy the brand. with a little little it's steampunky the little just you know there's there's flying castles and steampunky yeah. stuff and mechs and six but like it still sort of has a, a grounding in sort of that that semi high fantasy mixed with steampunk diesel punks like aesthetics Absolutely. whereas like you get as soon as you hit Final Fantasy 7 it's like wait so we're just 
it's just Evangelion now. Like we're just in the future. Yeah, I mean, they're like, still steampunk in Final Fantasy VII. Sort of, but like that city is. But it's got. Yeah, I mean, is, it's, it's a shell. I mean, you're, yeah. you're more. It's more Blade Runner than yeah, than anything that's else. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so I, I really do appreciate that this game, that Dragon Quest XI, is is not succumbing to that and is sticking to what makes Dragon Quest Dragon Quest and just is using using the new power of the t- of the hardware to you know just turn it up to eleven fittingly <laughs> enough and but still giving you something that's very recognizably Dragon Quest. So there you go. We'll probably have more. It's not going to convert anybody. I have a feeling you're going to keep playing it. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's very like I said, it's very pleasant. Like you know, if you, you can grind and do whatever you want, or you can move the story forward, and that's fine. You can do some side quests. Like, like I said, that's probably why I, I fell asleep. Not because I was nec- I was bored, but because I was just sort of soothed. It was very, it's very nice to play. Yeah. So. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about the Nintendo Direct that happened. Well, I guess it's been what, like five days now. One disadvantage for us mm-hmm. switching the show to earlier in the week for the end of the year versus a Friday. We could have really knocked us out of the park on Friday right after it happened. But we're a little late on this one, which is which is a little different for Game Face, but no less important to talk about nonetheless. Matt, we started talking before the show, and you seem to not be all that impressed with this Direct. I was not. I, I was, on the other hand, which is good. That always means we're gonna have a good conversation about something. Um, before we start going game by game, I've kind of plucked out the 10 or 12 games mm-hmm. that I thought were the most important. What was your general impression of it that kind of soured you on it? Um, they got nothing for the next, however, like for the rest of the year. Like, it's nothing. Did it's, you expect to see, like, new games that would come out this no, year? No, this is more of a confirmation of what I expected. But, like, <laughs> but it's just like, you're sitting there trying to get me excited about Diablo 3? Go away. Like, yeah. come on. Like, it, there's just no reason for that game to, to you know, I'm sure well, someone... That- but it's not a game that it's I not on list. your list. I know, but like it's just like it's it's just like or like city skylines or whatever. Also, it was not on the list. It's just like okay, like I hear that, it, but I think that there was plenty of other stuff that they did show that there's there were there's basically two things in the whole thing that I was interested in, and that's okay. it. All right, well let's start going through it. Uh, the first game we're going to talk about is Luigi's Mansion 3. That's the first thing I was interested in. Yeah. And so, folks on YouTube, this is the point where the whole screen goes black for this entire topic. Because yeah. if we don't, then Nintendo will flag it. And in fact, one of the games we're going to talk about, I didn't. we're not even going to show the trailer for it because it's a Game Freak game. And the last time we ran footage mm-hmm. of a Game Freak game, they nuked the video and we got a strike on YouTube. So, we're not going to go there. So, advantage... Sifted subscriber, advantage sifted Patreon contributor. You guys are going to get to see it all. Folks on YouTube, it's going to be blacked out. So let's talk about a Luigi's Mansion 3. It's weird. It is a working title right now, mm-hmm. but isn't it weird that they're calling it Luigi's Mansion 3? I don't know, because there's been two of them. Right, but Dark, was it Dark Moon? Is Dark that Moon, the subtitle? Yeah. It didn't, wasn't called Luigi's Mansion 2. That was the second Luigi's Mansion game. Yeah, but I mean, usually if you follow sequential numbers, the second game is called whatever 2. Maybe that's why it's a working title. Captain America Civil War is the third Captain America movie, but they just don't use numbers. Yeah. It, using numbers for sequels is out right now. That's not a thing anymore. No. The millennials don't like it. Mar- Marvel, Marvel movies killed it. Well, when you have well, Marvel movies, it'd be like part 18 at like yep. this point. So I can understand why they started going for subtitles. Anyway, Luigi's Mansion 3, coming, the Luigi's Mansion franchise coming back from the GameCube era. Uh, were you a fan of the original Lu- Luigi's Mansion? 
I don't know if I call myself a fan of it, but I did play it and like it. Uh, I mean, it was a launch title, so there wasn't much else to play at the time. But like, uh, I was in, it was a it was a change of pace, and I'm a Ghostbusters f fan, so uh, yeah, I'll take what I can get in that regard. Here's I did not play Dark Moon, um, okay. but I would play. I will probably play this. Here's a cool story, bro. The first time I ever got death threats for being a video game journalist was for Luigi's Mansion. What did you give it, like an eight? I gave it an eight point three. <laughs> And I got death threats, literally, oh, no. just thousands and thousands of them so, from people who had never played it, touched it, didn't matter. Because back then with the GameCube and I was at GameSpot, we got it way in advance. Our reviews for all the launch games were up like a week and a half or two weeks before it ever came out. None of those people had ever played it. And literally, I got death threats. That was my first eye-opener to what the rest of my career was going to be mm. like. <laughs> and here I am. 20 years later, still getting death threats, so... Yeah, that sounds uh, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a, that sounds like a pretty good, pretty fine Still getting fine death score. threats over video. Maybe I should have made a t-shirt that said that. Still getting death threats over video <laughs> games. Uh, I actually really liked Luigi's Mansion. My biggest ding was that it was just too short. Yeah, there wasn't much to it. Yeah, I mean, you could finish it in four or five hours. If you wanted to, like, 100% it, you could do that in, like, another hour and a half or two hours. Yeah, it was not a, it was not a meaty game. But... For that time that I played it, I absolutely adored that game and loved it. It was unlike anything. It still was unlike anything else. After all this time, I mean, there's been a couple games that have tried to mimic it a little bit, but no game has had, has had a vacuum that lets you suck up ghosts. Mm -hmm. That's for what was it called? The Poltergust 2000? Is that what it was called? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And then Doctor E. Gad was like the little dude yeah. with the bald head or whatever. I wonder if he'll... They don't show him in the trailer, I don't think, though. No. I don't know if he comes back. I don't know. But... I'm, I'm not up on my Luigi's Mansion lore, yeah. so I don't know if he's still around. Well, I had a lot of fun with Luigi's Mansion. It just ended way too fast, and it's like, okay, wait a minute. This is the big launch game, and this is all we got. They really rushed the GameCube, by the way. <laughs> I think I should add. If you think about the launch lineup for GameCube, it was not amazing. That was kind it of supposed to be... had a couple of th good things in it. They had uh, Rogue Leader. Yep. And... Uh... uh Smash was pretty close in there. It wasn't launch, but uh, yeah. remember they had it was Rogue what, Leader. Like four months or six months. A couple later. months in. Yeah, they had, but they had Rogue Leader and they had this and they had uh, Super Monkey Ball, um, which I won in a raffle at, uh, <laughs> on launch night at a Game Spot, at GameStop, and I still have never opened. Really? Because I had a copy from work. Oh, uh, right. But like you, you could pick any of the launch games. And it was the only one I hadn't pre-ordered that I had any interest in. It was funny how big Super Monkey Ball got just because there, there yeah. weren't a lot of other options yeah. there. I mean, it was just one of those games where they're like, this isn't bad, and it's big, there's tons of stages, so I'm just going to keep playing this. Yeah, Rogue Leader was, was pretty much my jam. It was the launch jewel, absolutely. That and uh, Tony Hawk, it was Tony Hawk that came out. I don't remember which Tony Hawk, but there was a Tony Hawk at launch. Was it? Yeah. Oh, no, it was like Downhill Jam, though. No, no that was Wii. It was, that was, it was Wii three or four. Jam. It was maybe three. I think it was three. Yeah. Oh, Tony Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> so Luigi's Mansion 3, it's, it's funny because it looks better, obviously. Yeah. But it doesn't look that much better. I mean, it's crazy how good that game looked on GameCube back in the day. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, too. This, the first time they showed Luigi's Mansion for GameCube, that's how it started. Yeah. With Luigi cracking the door open... And then his head poking through with the flashlight. It's like they started it off exactly the same way they showed off the first game. Um, so I'm excited for this. It's a 2019 game. I hope it's longer and deeper than the first game. I mean, 
the Nintendo kind of... And if it's not, I hope they sell it for 30 or 40 bucks. I mean, the Nintendo Mario tradition now is to, like, you know, it's it's easy to finish the game, but, like, there's tons of post-game content, so maybe they'll go that route with it. I'm cool with that. It feels feels like they should have the, you know, the, the base... Gameplay and kind of how how it all comes together. It feels like they should have the tools to make a whole bunch of crazy stuff with it. So I would like to kind of see them, you know, maybe maybe not to the Mario Odyssey level of, of yeah. a thousand ghosts or whatever, right. you know, but maybe who knows? Like, yeah, capture a thousand ghosts if there's a thousand ghosts in the mansion. I was maybe I shouldn't have been so surprised, but I was really surprised at the lack of interest in this game on Sifted. Nobody mm. cared. Like, we, we rate every piece of content mm-hmm. as we curate it. And I rated it a four out of five. And maybe my, my personal tastes were coming into it a, a little bit there, but I think it's worthy of a four out of five. We don't give a ton of stuff five out of fives. Red Dead stuff is always five out of five because people mm-hmm. just love it, and it does, like, the best views of anything on the site as far as curation is concerned. But nobody cared about Luigi's mm-hmm. Mansion 3. I looked at the data and I was like, wow. Well, it's not and no... I'm wondering if it's just been so long since the first game. I mean, obviously there's well, the it's also not really Dark a, Moon. It's not it. an adrenaline pumper, really. No. You know, it's like, it's not like one of those things where it's like, oh, wow, I've been waiting. It's like, it's like a nice to have sort of thing yeah. versus like a, well, I was on the fence about Switch, but now. Kind of, it's, like, <laughs> it's, like, it's just sort of, uh, it's something to put on the schedule. Yeah. But uh, I like the first one. I'll, I'll dip into this one probably. Yeah, I'll definitely play it. I'm, I'm really excited for it. Uh, next up, and this is a game I probably wouldn't have included except for the fact that it ended up getting blown out for the next two days, and that's mm-hmm. Daemon Cross Machina, a game that was debuted at E3 and was hardly a blip on the radar because E3, everything gets yeah. swallowed up. And It was in their, their E3 Direct. It thing, was, yeah. and I really didn't pay that much attention to it. And even after I watched this trailer in the Direct, I was like, oh, that looks way better than I thought. Then they started putting out chunks of gameplay, all of which you can find on Sifted, by the way. Just search for the game and it'll pop up. And that's when I started to realize, okay, this game is starting to look like something good. Mm -hmm. At first I was like, oh, this is some Japanese developer that they signed some deal with to get as much content out as possible. The game is starting to look pretty hot. Yeah, this is the other one that I'm interested in. I mean, because it's giant robots, but like, it also has enough of a kind of an Earth Defense Force Zone of the Enders look to it. Well, these that... little short clips right here are, are what like got me. I was yeah. like, oh, wait a minute! Like, there's like a skill tree in this game, and like upgrades, and it looks like it's more than just a six-hour mech battling mm-hmm. like throwaway game. Yeah, I'm a, I mean, I'm a little starved for Armored Core. But uh, so you know, maybe this will fill the gap a little bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this this one is definitely on my radar. This this Luigi's Mansion and this were the only two that really like perked my ears up at all. Well, you're gonna have fun for the next thirty minutes then. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next game we're gonna talk about is Animal Crossing Switch, mm-hmm. which they didn't show. Very expected. Yeah, expe- I mean, oh, people yeah. waiting. I mean, it's a no-brainer. But people still were wondering, like, where the hell is Animal Crossing for Switch? Yeah. And we didn't always get is this like CG teaser trailer, which doesn't show the game really at all. In no. fact, there was another section of the Nintendo Direct that I believe personally actually shows off the in-game Animal Crossing graphics. It was like a little prelude. It might have been the prelude to Isabel being announced for Smash. I can't quite remember, but it it looks like an Animal Crossing game, and they're inside and interiors, and they're walking around talking to each other. I think that actually was a representation of what it looks like. Nintendo actually put a disclaimer on this saying not gameplay footage mm-hmm. for this one. Uh, are you excited? Do you care? I don't. 
Do, are I, you not an Animal Crossing fan, or are you just burn out on it? At I this played point? An, I played the GameCube one a lot, and I played the the first DS one a lot, and that's pretty much enough. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't need like. A Did you job. play New Leaf at all? No. My niece played it a lot. I she played really New liked Leaf it. for like 80 hours. I just, Animal Crossing feels... I hate to admit it. Animal Crossing feels too much like a job it's to me. It's a guilty pleasure like for me, absolutely. It doesn't, doesn't move the needle. And like, like putting another Animal Crossing character in Smash Brothers is weird. But like, okay, if that's what you want. The one <laughs> I played the least was City Folk. That was the Wii one, right? Yeah, I heard that was not great. I did not play that. Well, it had that more. weird, like, it was like the only way you could get voice chat on Wii. Because it came right, with like that right. microphone thing. Yeah. That weird Nintendo is so weird. It really does crazy oh, stuff. Oh, we're getting to the weird. <laughs> we're we're we'll on the there. way there. Um, I'm excited for Animal Crossing always. Like I said, I played New Leaf for like 80 hours. Mm. I don't know what it is about it. Like I just can get hooked into it, and I'll do the same well, crap like, over and over and over again. Well, it's like a mobile game. Not with, bad an eyelash. It's a mobile game that isn't trying to rob you. Basically, well, the like, irony is that the mobile Animal Crossing has not done well at all because it's too easy to see through it. Yeah. Like, it's like if you can just buy mo- another Animal Crossing game and play it without being like irritated, basically. Yeah, I mean it's um, free, so but yeah, the the revenue that that's generated so far is only like forty million. Yeah, it's no, it's no, it's no Fire Emblem. No, I mean it's. I don't think it's even like Mario on mobile. No. I think that even Mario did better. And Animal Crossing, like you said, should do very well on mobile. You'd think, but I think... It's perfect I think, I think it. part of it is it skews younger. Yeah. And part of it is that it's just... It's already a time sink, and it's just too easy to see where the where the microtransactions happen. I yeah. think, I think it's, it's, it's a little too transparent. It's too transparent. We're always asking for transparency, except when we're not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, as we mentioned earlier, Isabel in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate... It appears that Isabel is a unique character, not a shadow character. Yeah, and not an echo. Yeah, it, uh, which is cool, I guess. Which means uh, you'll be buying her as DLC. Probably. Yeah, I'm surprised that this is the character that they would pick. I mean, Animal. Cro- I mean, they must know what they're doing. Like yeah. Animal Crossing must Hard have to argue with cachet. So, who would you have picked though? From Animal Crossing? Yeah. Nobody. Well, <laughs> like, I, if you had to pick one. If I had to pick one, I would pick Tom Nook because yeah. that's who I'd want to hit the most. It has to be Tom Nook. I mean, I'm shocked that, that Isabel is a character that they selected, but it is good that it's not just a carbon copy character, yeah. at least. At least they're doing something unique with her. Yeah, they could have just made her an echo of the villager and gotten away with it. Yep. But it's, it's cool. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't do me any There's a rare moment where Matt Kyle says, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I hardly just, ever hear you say that. Like, I'm just out of, I'm out of ideas. usually, you do know. Yeah, but <laughs> not in this, I mean, there's a point at which, like, okay, cool. Like, it, I'm just going to have to go John Oliver on that one. Yeah. Cool. Uh, okay, up next, I think this might actually be the biggest announcement from the entire thing. And that is Final Fantasy Overload on Nintendo Switch. And everything else, it looks like. Yeah, it looks like this announcement was a big deal at first, and it's kind of been... Dil- also on Xbox. Diluted and, a little oh, yeah. bit, yeah. But the big deal, really, is that for the first time ever, Final Fantasy VII is coming to a Nintendo console. The unrequited love between <laughs> Nintendo fans and Final Fantasy is finally going to come to fruition on Switch. Uh, not only that, obviously Crystal Chronicles, I think we talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's uh, then Final Fantasy XV Pocket Edition HD, 
Final Fantasy nine, nine, ten, 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 ten two, two, and twelve. 12. All coming to Switch. Final Fantasy VIII getting left out in the cold. Yeah, that's a little strange, I thought. Final Fantasy VIII is sort of the the redhead stepchild of, of the modern era. Yeah. Final Fantasies, I think, aside from the MMOs. Um, and it is pretty dumb. Um, World but, of Final Fantasy also. But it's, uh, but it's better than seven. So. so the mobile, a couple mobile games coming to Switch in addition to the yeah. console ports. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Like, if Square's got them... Might as well do it. I mean, for a lot of people, Switch is a mobile platform. So it absolutely makes sense. And those games aren't terrible. No. I, I won't play them. But... <laughs> I thought you played World of Final Fantasy. I didn't play that. I didn't play the mobile thing. Right. I played the, the console one. That's right. Not is that not that's, what's going to... No, is, that's, oh, that's the World of Final take. Fantasy Maxima or something oh. like that. It's a different thing. That, that sucks. Um, what do you think about this, though? Do you think it moves the needle for Switch at all? No. Or is it just like fans finally saying, thank God? I think it's just like, you know, you know th- there's a whole contingent of people that just seem to want everything imaginable, like, on the go. Yeah. And like, here, okay, here's, here's most of the last 20 years Final Fantasy content, like, on a portable. Which is pretty go cool. Go for it. Yeah. I mean, it's the only place you're going to get it. Well, except everywhere else. But well, I mean, mobile-wise. Mobile, like, you don't I guess. take it on the go with you. Well, I mean, you can probably take, like, some horrible, like, stripped-down iOS version of some of them eventually, but... And, I mean, if this they is have, really I've not been switch... impressed by Square's iOS and Android work. I mean, Final Fantasy VI is a travesty on that, so it's better, yeah. to, get, better to have these straight-up ports. And if the footage that we've seen are, is really Switch footage, the games look pretty good. Yeah, well, I mean, granted, most of them are for, like, real two old. generations yeah. ago, but... They better look good. Yeah. And they just redid 12 as Zodiac Age. Are, are yes. we get, is Switch getting the remade version? I think so, yeah. It is? Well, because okay. from what I saw there, I think it said Zodiac Age. Oh, it did. So, like, I can't imagine you'd release the old version. I mean, that would be horrifying. Yeah. Like, you'd be able to tell by just by looking at the screen, because that game does not look good anymore. Yeah. Talk about late to the party. Yeah, Nintendo is really late to the party with these but games. But that's sort of like the Switch story at this point. I mean, what most of the stuff coming out that isn't first party is years old. Yeah, like they're taking advantage of the fact that people either want these portable versions of these of things, or they are Nintendo only gamers who haven't played any of this stuff before. Yeah, so it really feels like more of a bone to long running Nintendo fans than anything else. Well, it's a, it's more content. Like you know, they the, the first party. The first party content is starting to dry up, so they got to keep stuff in the pipeline, and this is a good way to do it. If Nintendo had to subsidize Square Enix for this, was it worth it? Um, I think it depends if it gets the Kingdom Hearts HD collection on the Switch <laughs> next year. I'm guessing that's probably going to I would have to think they're building to that. Yeah. Because if it can run on the PS3, it can run on the Switch. Absolutely, yeah. I don't know if you'll ever get Kingdom Hearts 3, but... Doubtful. It feels like you could get everything else on it. Yeah. Which would be smart. Although we are going to talk about something here in a little bit that could open up avenues for everything on Switch. Um, let's move on. We're going to talk next about New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Woo. Yeah. I mean, they had to get a Super Mario Brothers yeah. game on Switch, right? I mean, look. If it's, on, if it's exclusive to Wii U, it should come to the Switch. Yep. Like, What's I don't care what it is. at this point? Well, uh, 3D, World, 3D World. Right. Uh... Uh, Tokyo uh, Mirage. Mirage Sessions, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X. Um, There's a game by Inafune, right? What was it called? 
Um, that weird, like... Devil's Third? No. No, no, that was... The, a, the weird, like, isometric, like... Oh, um, w- Wonderful 101? Yeah. Yeah, that should come. That game definitely needs to come to Switch, because that game was really good, and nobody bought it. I think it will. That's another Platinum game. Uh, I think it will come. Uh, Wonderful 101 is mentioned in these these conversations all the time, so I would be surprised if they don't. I mean, look, Bayonetta can come. Wonderful 101 can. Um, yeah, I would, if, if it's on the Switch, if it's on the Wii U, like, and it was not, it was a Wii U exclusive, it should be on the Switch eventually. Like, I don't see, I mean, maybe not Devil's Third. But no, like, I think that's one you can But for the on. most part, I think it should all come over. I'm sure Itagaki pitched it. <laughs> <laughs> it was promptly shut down. No thanks. But it should all come over. I but think there aren't many also, left. I mean, no. we tried to think of them, and we came up with like three or four. Uh, I think the Zelda HD remaster should come over. Yeah. Because um, what, what do you got to lose? Like you're saving them from Wii U obscurity, yeah. and you're giving Switch owners something else to play. Yep. There's no there's no downside to it. Yep. You're right. Um, and I would certainly buy Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD again. I will say though on, that on the Switch, Super Mario Brothers U is probably the last game I really cared about coming as a deluxe yeah. game. I mean, look, I part of this is selfish in the sense that I would like to no longer have a reason to keep my Wii U hooked up. Yeah, <laughs> like, I put mine away long ago. I still it's got mine out because there's, th- there's still a thing in the back of my head that maybe one day I'll finish Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Ah. Um, that's and then it'll not... just come out for Switch, and just... and then I'll just forget it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I think this is this is. Uh, I mean, I would prefer World. Um, I don't think Absolutely. I don't think either of them are stellar, but yeah. I would I definitely think World is better. I think both of them are middle of the road entries in those yeah. franchises. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, frankly, what I'd prefer is uh, a, a remaster of Galaxy One and Two. Yeah. But, uh, Super Mario Super Mario 3D World is probably my least favorite Mario 3D platformer. Um, I like it better than Sunshine. I don't. It, I don't I'm like it a... because it takes away the freedom mm. of being just an open environment you can run around in. Like it's all kind of controlled in almost like two and a half D a lot yeah. of the game. Yeah, I mean it is an extrapolation of a, of a 3DS game yeah. to some degree. Um, but I I like it. I prefer the the. I, I still like I hate Mario Sunshine I really do. <laughs> uh, I just there's something to me therapeutic about the the water gun and I I get the same thing from playing Splatoon and it's just hmm. that tech brought over for Splatoon. Yeah. But it's just there's something about just painting the ground. I don't know what it is. It just flips this like dopamine trigger in my brain. I love it. Um, and Sunshine obviously was the first game to do that. So it has a special place in my heart. Uh, next up, here was a pleasant surprise, but not really, because it had leaked already. Yeah, Katamari Damacy coming to Switch and also to Xbox, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Or PC. 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 PC, yeah. For those of you youngins, yeah. here's a slap of, to the face with reality. This game was a smash hit. Yep. Back when it came out on the PlayStation 2, it was a PS2 also, exclusive. Oh, yeah. Also, this game is 14 years old. Yep. And still, one of the most innovative games yep. that was in the entire direct. There's a thing in this game that I'm surprised has not become more of a meme. Where, like, between the levels, you get these weird cutscenes with these kids. Yeah. And early, I think it's like second or third level, like, it cuts to one of the kids. And, like, I don't remember what the context is, but the, the, the basically the punchline of the scene is the kid says, 
rich people sure are different. And I'm like, <laughs> how is that not constantly quoted as like a gift or something? Like in this day be. and age. That's that's on you, Kyle. You gotta yeah. make you gotta make the gif. You gotta make the meme. I'll but, retweet it. <laughs> but this is uh, yeah, this is a good. I, I still think the first one is probably the best one. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is a, I'm I'm glad to see this kind of moving into. Yeah, for the those of you who are wondering what the hell is going on, <laughs> the whole game is basically you just roll a ball around that collects everything it rolls yeah. over. Then the size of the ball determines what it can collect, and eventually you are you're rolling thing. You're rolling up planets. Like you you start at like the size of like a dust ball. And eventually you get up to like planetary, so you're rolling up solar planets. systems. Yeah, not plants, like planets. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and the great thing about it is the story basically treats the entire thing as though it's completely normal. Right. Like that's one of the reasons it works is like... I just realized the, Sam the game... is Katamari Damacy for the first time in his entire life. And he is like, what the hell yeah, is this? Yeah, this? this came out when you were what, like 11? Yeah. <laughs> It's so great. I remember when I first put this in, I was uh, Blair Butler was my roommate at the time because we just moved here from San Francisco. And uh, she was in the shower when I turned it on and, and the, the opening like thing played. And I stopped. I just turned it off and waited in a, in a completely quiet apartment until she came back out. And I'm like, Blair, come in here. You need, you need to see... <laughs> What I just put into the PlayStation, and she's like, "What?" And she turned it on. I turn it back on and play, and she's like, "Oh my god!" Like she was just like, "Thank you for waiting for me." For yeah. the, like, it was just like one of those. Blair things. was the lead writer. Blair of was our yeah writer. She did she does comic book stuff and does did nerdist stuff for a long time after yeah. G four. But uh, um, now she works on Talking Dead, doesn't she? Not anymore. She's doing she's doing some screenwriting. Oh, that's she great! Has, you'll see some. She stuff. has like a film coming up. She mentioned that last time I talked to her. And so. Uh, but she 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 loves like the weird nonsensical stuff and uh, when I don't saw, we all? I, I remember seeing this when I first put this in I'm like oh yeah we're gonna have to wait until, until <laughs> there um, are certain games when we worked at X Play as soon as you'd see them you'd know who the person is that should produce the review for yeah. them and this was one of them same with what was it? one of her one of her best I think was um, she did the Terminator three. Oh, Rise, of, so Rise of the Machines yeah. uh, review for when we were up in San Francisco, and that was that was one of the best of that era. Yep, absolutely. So hey, this is great. Katamari Damacy yeah. on Switch. It also is a great handheld game. Should work perfectly in that environment. Looks like it has gyro controls, and they're actually doing a little something something for the Switch version. Yeah, it's a good bite size. Don't sort sleep of thing. on this, people. I know you may have never heard of this game. You're like, this looks stupid. It's not stupid. It is stupid awesome. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> It is one of the most off-the-wall, avant-garde games yeah, I've ever this played. Is, this is like one of those weird indie games before there were weird indie yeah, games. Yeah, like, exactly. Now this would come from like Devolver or some crap. Yeah. <laughs> but it's Bandai Namco, I think? It was Namco, yeah. Well, actually, back then it was just called Namco. Actually, it was called Namco Bandai then. And right. then they flipped the names around for whatever dumb reason. But this game is awesome. Put it on your radar right now if you're a Switch owner. Uh, next up, the game we can't show, which is called... Town, mm -hmm. which is Game Freak's new game for Switch. Um, the trailer was only like 20 seconds long anyway. Looks like a turn-based RPG. The thing about it is it's an epic RPG that takes place in just that village. Mm -hmm. So that environment they show you in the trailer, and you can go on Sifted and you can watch it. Just search for town. It'll come up right away. Um, but that town, that village that they show, is where the whole epic RPG takes place. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. South Park already did it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> like, twice. Yeah. 
obviously this is a different tone than South Park. A slightly it, different yeah. tone, yeah. Um, but it's good to see Game Freak, like, spreading its wings. Branching out a little bit, We yeah. got that, what was it called, Tumbo the Elephant or something, not long ago? Was that them? Yeah. Tumbo the Badass Elephant? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Um, so they've been spreading their wings a little bit, trying some new stuff, which is cool. That was a cool. Sega game. Yeah, Sega published hmm. it, and Game Freak developed it. Hmm. At least to the best of my knowledge, that's, that was Game Freak. Um, but again, we can't show it to you because they'll flag it and they'll take the show down before we can even publish it. So you have to go on Sifted to check it out. It looks pretty cool. Um, definitely not Pokemon-like. It looks more no. like a traditional turn-based RPG. I'll, I'll have to I'll keep an eye on it, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Yep, they didn't show much. Um, but any time Game Freak does something, I pay attention. Uh, next up, Civilization VI. This is maybe the one game I should have cut off of this list. Yeah. Um, does that move the needle for you at all? No. I think playing Civ on the go is pretty cool. I mean, That's Sam cool, plays it on like, his mobile phone all the time. I wouldn't want to play Civilization without a mouse. Basically. Yeah. Like, that is a tough ask. It, Although, a with a touch screen, that's the next best thing. Eh. <laughs> Ish. It's also weird, too, that the trailer that they published for this announcement is, like, not, it doesn't, one, it does, one, it doesn't show any gameplay. Yeah. But, two, it also makes it looks like it's almost like a special version or something. Yeah, well, I guess because it probably includes some of the DLC stuff to the point that it's different from any of the other releases they've done. So, I don't know. I'm sure there's like little quality of life things they've added to it to make it work better. I love Civ. I love Civ 6. Um, if they send me a code for this, I will be happy. I won't buy it because I already have it on PC. Mm-hmm. But this, this is one of those games where if they send me a free code, I'll be happy that I got it. Because I think this is a good it's turn-based, so playing it on the go is perfect for that. Um, it's also easy to walk away from and not come back for a few days, and it's easy to figure out what the hell's going on. Um, I think it's a good fit for that platform, mm-hmm. provided it runs okay, which yeah, I'm I mean, not well, convinced that that's going to be the I case. I hope it was, because it doesn't look too good. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it looks way better on my PC. Yeah, yeah. Well, it always is. Everything is always going to look way better on your PC. Yeah, but this is a, this is a notable downgrade. How old is Civ? So is this three years old? I don't even think it's two, that old yet. Two years old? Yeah. That's about right, I think. But um, I'm excited for this. Um, again, it's just filling in the blanks in the software library for Switch. There's no other game like this on Switch. Yet. Yet. Well, I mean, they got City Skyline coming. Right. Which more was also, a city builder than a Civ builder. But... Right. Which was also... Well, this is like a 4X strategy game more than like yeah. a building game. But there's a dearth of that stuff on Switch. Like, there are still... Lots of genre gaps to fill on Switch. And this does it... I mean, not only does it fill the gap, it fills it with, like, one of the best, like, examples of the genre. So, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would do very well to buy this game for Switch. Because a lot of people, maybe they have a PS4 and a Switch, they don't have a PC. And this isn't out for consoles, is it? Civ Six? Uh, if it is, I didn't notice. I don't think it is. I think this is the first console release for it. So, kind of a big deal. Um, next up, and this is something that could bear fruit for a long time to come, Assassin's Creed Odyssey cloud version. Now, we got Resident Evil 7, I believe, cloud version mm-hmm. for Switch already, and we were skeptical of that. And this is only in Japan so far? Only in Japan right now. I also wonder if this is actually footage from the cloud version of the game. This looks like It looks like generic, the trailer yeah. for the console versions. It looks like the same trailer that we've already seen. Yeah, I don't think this is specific to... Which is disappointing, because you want to see how it's going to look and run on a cloud-based version. Still, the fact that Ubisoft 
in my opinion, checked out the technology and thought and deemed it worthy to run a big IP, a big game. Not This isn't even like the last Assassin's Creed. This is this one. The one that's coming up. Mm-hmm. That seems like a pretty big deal. Like, if well, Ubisoft, Ubisoft is showing faith in streaming tech like this... Eh. Ubisoft has always been a big supporter of Nintendo, so it doesn't yeah. really shock me that they'd be in on this. Um, I I mean, I guess there we're seeing it running. I mean, again, that's only useful if you, A, are in Japan, and B, don't have any other platforms that game runs on. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a neat trick, I guess. Uh, but I am... It's irrelevant to me. I'm just wondering if that tech and is probably relevant come. to a lot of us because it doesn't sound like they're bringing that stuff here at any time. I'm so. just wondering if eventually that is going to happen, though. Maybe. And I mean, that could just crack open the floodgates for Switch to have every game. It would be an interesting solution, although it also doesn't really solve it in a way that, like, it's it's counteractive to the excuse that's usually given or the explanation that's usually given about why someone wants something on the Switch because of right. the portability. But let's but be like, honest, that's. But now it's, it's like a flimsy excuse. It is, but like, <laughs> if that's your reasoning, then like apparently you only mean portable to the other room. Well, the other thing too is you won't be able to play this if you're out and about. Right. You can only exactly. play it when you're at home and you're docked and you you're hardwired because trying to play this on Wi-Fi. Woo. Yeah, it would not I be. I can't even imagine. Not be what great. What kind of experience that would be? I mean, you're also talking about Assassin's Creed with with counters that have four mm-hmm. or five frames that you have to get your counter in there, like. And, like, I'm not, you know, like, at that point, I'm like, okay, I have a PS4 Pro, I have an Xbox One X, I have a PC, why would I play this on the Switch? Yeah. Through a streaming system. Oh, yeah, you and I would never do it. But if you're a Switch owner, this is... But literally only a Switch owner. This is like the sun peeking up over the horizon and the first beams of light starting Eh, to come across the landscape. It doesn't solve anything, I don't think. Especially since if you're not in Japan. No, I'm just saying it's, it's hope. Hope for what, though? Like in That you can play these games that you would never be able to play. Unless you just buy another damn console, like I just five hundred bucks, it's four hundred bucks. Yeah, well, it's such a, it's such a weird like, it's such a weird situation of like, well, I, I spent three hundred bucks on this thing that isn't powerful enough to do any of the modern shit, and now I'm gonna hopefully hope against hope that someone figures out some kind of weird streaming solution for these games that like may or may not even come to America in that form. I, I mean, I'm look, I'm I am right there with you. I would I always recommend that instead of somebody buying one console and building up that library which ultimately will have tons of filler games in it Mm -hmm. don't buy those filler games and buy the other console and then buy the exclusives for that console i think it's way smarter to have a library of console exclusives and three consoles than to have one console and like 200 Mm -hmm. games like to me there's no comparison like well, it's also the better like, strategy if this is, is that more hardware. If this is so important, um, maybe make the console more powerful. Yeah. Like, like this is just like doing a weird end run around the fact that because they wanted this to be handheld, it had to be a weak piece of hardware in comparison to the other systems on the market. Yeah. And Nintendo's doing just fine not competing with those two systems. Yep. Like they are found their their location, they found their niche, they found this like kind of carved out this little space where they don't have any competition. I don't think they're ever going to have any competition because Microsoft doesn't care, and Sony learned its lesson with the Vita. So I don't think anyone's going to horn in on that, and like they should just be embracing it, and they are. But this is sort of this weird sort of side thing where it's like, oh, we can also run modern stuff. Like, no, you can't. Like no. you can you can do it in a very it's specific a trick. You can do it in a very specific situation with a very specific connection at a very specific time in a very specific country. And you know, I don't know. I, I don't I don't really get the point. 
I wouldn't be surprised beyond, if beyond having it as a bullet point of like, look, we have this too. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, technically, sure. I would not be surprised if Nintendo is looking into trying to get that tech overseas. Well, they, they'd have to be, but it's like that's a that's a whole different animal. I mean, this the size and slowness of our internet connections here yeah. makes it a very you know. And I think Microsoft is is, uh, is also you know Microsoft's also on that uh, on that problem, and PlayStation uh, PlayStation Now has been trying to solve the problem for years. Yep, um, with varying degrees of success. Um, I don't know. I, I just haven't had much uh, good, ex- many good experiences with streaming cloud stuff uh, to the point that I'd look at this as anything I, I would ever have any. Again, you start in. talking about the counter stuff in yeah. Assassin's Creed. I don't know how you'd ever pull that off on a streaming game, but it would be very frustrating to play. I, I mean, if you're imagine. using something like the tech that Xbox was describing, where like basically you're load, you're literally loading parts of the game onto the hard drive and running it from there and streaming and unstreaming as you need it. Like, that is probably a pretty effective way to do it. But that's also a very proprietary technology, I would think. Yeah. And I don't know if what we're seeing here, you know, we don't really know anything about what, what the Switch is doing here if it's on that level. Because yep. um, if it is on that level, now you're using that internal memory for a whole different thing. And it's probably possible, but it's a tech trick that they would have to work out for themselves. Yep. Uh... If they pull it off, it'll be real interesting, though. It, it, it uh, For people that... Uh, prefer to play docked it would make it an interesting conundrum of is this how you want to play these games especially i mean for some people i'm sure the only thing all they'd have to do is throw in like a link outfit for for the assassin's creed guy to wear one thing i did find interesting though is at the end of that trailer when they show the person actually playing it they're playing it in handheld mode yeah That's i'm sure weird. you can do it with wi-fi I it's mean, just not going to work very can, well but... I found that pretty interesting, though. They don't actually show them I mean, playing. Well, yeah, I mean that's a that's a simulated picture. That's not like a real shot of someone playing. Oh, you think it's fake? Oh, absolutely, oh, 100 percent. There's no question. That's that's like footage that they just. Stuck. I'm sure that's just like a standard template they have of someone playing or whatever. It's the hands are in motion, aren't they? Yeah. But like you can still slap something on a blank pain screen in the ass, like that. Though. You have to like yeah. go frame by frame and like move it. Oh, uh, you be you know After Effects is pretty magical. No, these you're days. right. It is. Yeah. Uh, and then last from and this, I'm I'm having problems understanding how you're so down on this direct. There's so much stuff in it. There's a lot of stuff, and I just don't think it's very interesting. Okay. Uh, the last thing we're going to talk about is Nintendo Online, which and this is just horseshit. Which launches? Uh, we're going to go into this. <laughs> which launches tomorrow, or mm-hmm. actually in about today, three tonight, hours, yeah. I guess probably. If you're on the East Coast, it's only uh, it's actually coming very soon. I'm guessing it's going to launch at midnight everywhere. Um, launches tomorrow, tonight, depending on where you live or whether you're going to be awake or not. Uh, Twenty dollars a year. That's that was confirmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talked more about the NES stuff, the library that's going to be there. Are you happy with what they're going to offer in the library? No, no, I don't care. Like the NES stuff is old and busted to me. Like I, I've got five versions of each of those things. Well, they also just released like the NES Classic. Right. It's like, it's like you just sold that console to tens of millions of people. And like it's just it's you know the fact that they don't have any other system. You know, no Super Nintendo, no GBA, no any N sixty. I mean, I didn't expect N sixty four, but they're not even like giving a hint that nope. that might be on the horizon. Yeah. Um, I don't like the the check in thing. Like that's the well, same. Well, let's 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 we'll talk about that that in a second. It's just. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not like it costs a ton of money, so it's not like you're you're gouging me for it. But it's just like there's nothing on that NES list that ha- catches my attention. Are you uh, gonna be a sucker for those NES controllers? 
You're gonna no. buy them? Well, because the problem is they only work with the NES games. Nah. Like, if, like if you could use them for other stuff, like I would probably. Oh, is that more true? Interested. They only work with the NES games. That's what I read. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought that they were just no. They are limited. Bluetooth controllers. No, they are limited to this. Like I'm sure someone will hack like hack them out to work on PC right. or whatever. But like you, it's not like you can use use the NES controllers to like play like uh, an indie game or something with it. Because like I, w- I would be interested in that. Like if like to play um, something that I think would use a require a D pad or something. Yeah. But apparently they are limited to the NES games only. I was not aware of that. Um, so twenty bucks. NES games. The caveat is, and this was not announced in this trailer or in the Nintendo Direct, there's two caveats. First caveat you mentioned is that the NES games require a Mm check-in once a week. If you do not connect your Switch to the internet once per week, you lose all those NES games. Mm -hmm. That is crazy. Yep. And it's also what Microsoft was going to do. Right. And got roasted for. Right. But apparently it's okay because Nintendo's Nintendo's doing doing it. it. Yeah. That is a huge... Like, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to just continue to play the NES games you've gotten off this thing interminably. And the reason you'd have to check in is to get the new ones that are up or whatever, to upload your your data or score stuff or whatever. That's fine. But, like, the idea that they will disable them if you don't check in after a certain amount of time... What happens when you go on vacation for 10 days? Exactly. Supposed to leave your console turned on and, like, just sit there and suck up juice while you're gone? Like, well, well, no, you gotta go. You gotta go. Uh, I'm sure if you came home and turned it on, it would log in and you're fine. Right. But like, if you're on vacation, you better hope there's Wi-Fi. I guess where you're you going. mean to take it with you and yeah. check in on Wi-Fi wherever you. On, on so your che- on your check-in dumb. day. Do you think anyone at Nintendo of Japan touches any other piece of electronics that exists in the on the planet? Well, do you remember? I think in some ways that pays dividends because Nintendo does stuff others don't. But in cases like this, it just seems like. They're completely ignorant and oblivious to what the consumer well, expects. Well, there was a... I think that's true, and I think it's it's correct, because several years ago, there was a guy on... it was He was doing some interview or something, and basically, he had worked, or he had been part of, like, a group that was consulting... I think they were, like, third-party publishers, consulting with Nintendo on what the online service should be on the Wii U. And they were literally talking to the developers at Nintendo about what this should be and what we want and the and they kept referring back to uh, PSN and uh, Xbox Live features because you know Xbox Live had dominated that generation yeah. the Wii generation and that was where we were, they were trying to like kind of say like oh we want this to be like this like on PSN and this like and eventually like Nintendo management came back to them and said please stop comparing things to Xbox Live and PlayStation Network because none of our developers have ever used those. <laughs> and it's like, well, there's your freaking problem, people. Like, how do you make anything without knowing what the competition's doing? And I know they don't consider them competition, right. but they're doing the same thing. Like, just because I'm not making a horror movie doesn't mean I shouldn't take some lessons from Halloween. Right. Yeah, you know? you're absolutely right. It's... Uh, it, it, it was like at once it was mind-boggling, and at the same time, it was like that explains a so lot. much it does about the Wii U. A lot. Absolutely, um, and here we are. So I think that is still a problem they have. They just don't they don't want to compare themselves to others out of a out of a, a, a belief that they know how to do what they want to do, and that isn't necessarily what everyone else is trying to do. But when it comes to online stuff, like there's a certain level of expectation, and Nintendo just never meets it. This is definitely one case where somebody else knows way better. Yeah. Um. One other, another caveat, um, 
if you let your subscription expire, so say next mm -hmm. year rolls around, you decide you don't want to re-up, the one of the biggest features from Nintendo Online, the ability to, to upload your saves to the cloud is wiped out. Mm -hmm. If you do not resubscribe a year from now, or say you're on a monthly plan, because they do have like a monthly plan, and you drop for a month, all your cloud saves are gone. Yeah, I mean, first off, I think the whole cloud save thing is annoying because, yes, like, you know, like PlayStation Network to use cloud saves, you have to be a PlayStation Plus subscriber. But if I didn't want to be a PlayStation Plus subscriber, I could also just copy my saves onto a USB stick. Right. And Nintendo will not let you copy your saves nope. in any other way, which is like you're basically holding save back up for ransom behind a paywall. And that's another thing that they should be getting roasted for, but they're not because they're Nintendo. And because apparently 20 bucks a year is so cheap, we don't care if someone's ripping us off. Um, <laughs> so that's all ridiculous. I feel like this will not be, I mean, the, the thing if, if your subscription runs out, like for me, it's like, what if my credit card changes and I forget? Right. You know? Isn't that that's not the same thing on file? I mean, that's, that happened to me this yeah. past year with PSN. Now my guess because is because my PSN turns over over the holidays, and I was still back on the East Coast when it expired. I got back. They're like, "Oh, you're expired." I tried to like go on, and I was like, "Oh my god," and everything's fine. I pay mm -hmm. it. Everything's still there. All my games from PlayStation Plus are still there. Now I'm guessing they will add. They will add in some kind of grace period. Um, PlayStation Plus is something like six months if you if you desubscribe you got like six months before your saves are erased. I imagine they will either add a grace period of at least a month, or they will do a thing where like that uh, the Pokemon um, the Pokemon Deposit Center or whatever that you know the thing on 3DS where like you pay like a five bucks a year to like store all your extra yeah, Pokemon. Yeah. Like that thing starts bugging you like a month before your subscription runs out, oh, like it popping does. stuff up saying like, "Hey, like you got to renew this." That helps. So I would say it's not. I don't think they're just going to go. It runs silent until like the day comes and like, whoops, your saves are all gone. I'm sure they will bug you with like pop up messages or something. Um, I'm sure they have a plan for that. And because of the outcry over this, there will probably be some grace period added to the post lapsing thing, and it'll, they'll solve it that because that's an easy fix. Yeah, but the, it but it is a little weird that like that's their initial that intention. even made it to the <laughs> yeah. you know no one like yeah. Reggie in the meeting wasn't like hey like if they could just get away a, with it they would get thought. away with it yeah, yeah. <laughs> just sad. an idea maybe we shouldn't do that yeah. now how do you feel about the fact that if you pay the twenty bucks per year you get access to exclusive Nintendo merch I didn't know that yes so there's a controller or something. I can't remember. I Enjoy should totally content. remember. There's some piece of hardware that only people who subscribe have the ability to purchase. Hmm. I think it was actually towards the end there where they showed like that gold block or whatever. But yeah, you get exclusive access to Nintendo products if you pay the 20 bucks per year. Mm -hmm. Stuff that only you can buy if you're paying that consequently you could probably buy and then take on eBay and sell it mm -hmm. for God's well, I guess that's how the NES controllers work. Is that what it is? The that's NES what, That's what Vincent's saying in the chat is you have to be a subscriber to buy the NES controller. There controllers. you go. That's what it is. How do you feel about that? I don't care. You don't care? I mean, it's kind of, it's again, it's kind of shitty. Are you like, going to get Nintendo online tomorrow? Or tonight? Yeah. You are? Well, because I want to back my freaking save up. Like, I got 100 hours in Zelda. I don't want to lose that if the, if the Switch goes bad. So are you paying 20 bucks a year for cloud saves? Yeah. <laughs> that's burly. I wouldn't if I could copy I know, the damn save to the SD card, but Nintendo's <laughs> stuck in 2002, so here well, we go. Well, also the fact that I had to buy this crazy Actually, in 2002, expensive... I would have just been able to buy a freaking memory card. Right. <laughs> Which, I mean, technically, I guess that's kind of the same thing. 
It is. Yeah. Twenty bucks for a memory card. Twenty bucks for a cloud save. Yeah. Well, it's like you know, so I, memory cards weren't free. We also got to remember we both had to go out and buy these crazy expensive micro SD cards. Otherwise, True. our hardware had like thirty gigs in it. Not even after the the OS yep. takes it up. So I've already spent a gob of money on this micro SD card that I can't save my saves to. Yeah. Why would Nintendo let me have a memory card 51 for GameCube that I can take wherever the hell I want, and now all of a sudden, no. I had a memory card 256. Right. Remember yeah. when those came out, boy, yeah. five times. Never run that out of Animal like, Crossing room again. Literally, it was like a game changer when that yeah. thing came out. It was black, right? Yep. Yeah, the 51s were gray. and Still the have it. 256 was black. I don't know where all my stuff is, honestly. I have no clue. So, overall impressions of Nintendo Online? Garbage, but necessary. Twenty dollars. At least it's only twenty bucks. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'll pay that for spread out across a year to have backups of my saves. Like, I don't mean I. I wish the NES thing was more of an incentive, but like, there's nothing. I mean, maybe I'll play some River City Ransom when that hits. Yeah. Um, You know, the other thing that I thought was surprising is there's no Castlevania on the on the schedule because it's like. They got all this Castlevania stuff happening. Going you know, they on, got yeah. the, the, the Netflix show, and like I figured there would be something. There's but, free uh, shoulder marketing just sitting there yeah. to promote it, but yeah, not going to happen. Like If you really got to put out a bunch of NES games, that's one of the series I'd play again. Yeah. Okay, so now that we've wrapped up the Nintendo Direct, what letter grade would you give that Direct? Uh, that's like a D. Wow. I don't care about any of it except Luigi's Mansion and maybe uh, Demon X Machina. Like that, that's a, that's kind of a wait and see, but it sure is up my alley, so it's it's on my radar. I give it like an A minus B plus. Wow. Yeah. This several is, games that I care about, several just, genre fillers, several stuff that Nintendo fans have been waiting literally decades for. It's just nothing here. It's just. I mean, well, I we just talked about it for forty five minutes, and I cut half of the content from the direct. Yeah, but it's like. It's all stuff I've played before. It's all stuff I already own on other things. It's I just don't know what, I, what you expected. I mean, did you expect them to debut six brand new exclusive games? Like no. they debuted three. I'm just not. Like, it's just it's just irrelevant to me. Like I'm not. You're interested. a tough customer with Nintendo, I think. Well, because they're always a day late and a dollar short when it comes to anything that isn't first party. Like, like their first party stuff is the reason I own the system. I have every indie game they release on this system. I have it two years ago on the PC or on the PS4. Uh, any you know, Civilization Six. I've had that for years. Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I'm gonna get that on, a, on an actual console that runs it natively. Like, but you gotta realize they did just like debut several first-party exclusives, and we're and it's just September. When was the last time Sony showed some new first-party exclusives? E3. Did they show a new one at E3? I can't remember. They only did the. It four might have or been like two years since Sony showed a single exclusive first-party game for the first yeah, time. Yeah, when that comes out, it's Spider-Man and God of War. When this comes out, it's Animal Crossing again. So. <laughs> I think you're being hard on them, but anyway. I am being hard on them. But it's because there's no, they got nothing for the rest of the year, and they're riding everything on a Pokemon game and Smash Brothers, and it's probably going to work out okay for them. But financially, you, it will. Financially, sure. But it's like you know, it's I haven't touched that thing since Octopath Traveler came out, and I'm probably not going to touch it again. Until Smash Brothers? Yeah, I don't think you're alone there. I think a lot of people like, are... There's nothing... There. I mean, some of this stuff looks cool for 2019, but... Um, it's 2018. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so it's time for our trailer of the week. As all of you regulars on our chat know, it's time for you to get your questions into the chat for Matt and I to answer. Uh, following the Nintendo theme, the trailer of the week this week is for the PC version That's of... That's a good point, Gohan Rage. Where the hell is Yoshi? 
Oh, they they showed Did it. They show that. Yeah, they gave it its final name to crafting something or other. Mm, so it's not uh, flipping. No, nope, it's not. Unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, yes, called I think like I, I think I came into the direct. I think I tuned into the direct like right as that was halfway. Through. They showed it. Yeah, yeah. It I didn't look, realize it was the same. It thing. It looks fun. Like it has this, and I should have mentioned it actually. I think he's maybe asking why the hell aren't we talking about it? And he's right. We should have talked about it because they finally kind of showed the unique element of the game, which is like a it's a perspective, like a trick on like perspective. Like mm-hmm. you can flip the world like side to side. It actually. The gameplay looks better than I expected it to. The game itself looks like like a traffic cone vomited. Like, <laughs> dude, it's that is one of the ugliest games I've ever seen. It is just heinous. I think that's maybe why I was confused by by because like when I it looked like a 3ds game. It, yeah, it, it looked like oh, that must be some old thing they're putting bringing over. Or oh, something. they've tried to add like fur shading to it and all this stuff, and it just it's just not a good looking game. I think it might be fun to play, but yeah, it doesn't look good. Good call, Gohan. We should have talked about no it. No epic absolutely. yarn. Nope. Which is also, which was another announcement. It's coming to 3DS. Sure. Epic Yarn. There's like some subtitle there. Nintendo's subtitles are getting like biblically long. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe that'll be like Yoshi, Yoshi's Mansion Hotel Stay Transylvania Ford 5000. Junior Bowser's yeah. Journey. <laughs> Bowser Junior's Journey. Yeah, that was another game that they announced, by the way. Uh, so anyway, our trailer of the week is for a game that at least I personally tie very closely to Nintendo. And that game is Killer7. Killer7 is coming to PC. It's from Suda51. It was part of the Capcom 5, which was a a selection of five games from Capcom that were supposed to be exclusive to GameCube. Which ended up being like three. Was it three or four? I think it was just two. Was it only the two? Maybe no one. I think at this point there's only one game that was left exclusive, and that was Piano 3. Well, they all came out but one. Well, yeah, Phoenix... Whatever. Dead Phoenix Dead never Phoenix came did out. Come out. They, the rest of them came out. Piano 3 is bad. Yeah, well, so it's Piano 3, Resident Evil 4, uh, Killer 7. Killer 7. Was the remake part of that? I don't think so. No. That was, that was later. Yeah. These were all kind of weird. They all were. Like, Resident Evil 4 wasn't weird, but it was, was weird. Was Beautiful Joe one of the Capcom yes. 5? Yes. Yes. Yes, I think that's right. Yeah. But uh, every one of those games, except for Piano 3, has been released for other platforms mm-hmm. at this point. Piano 3 was nothing except, like, somebody... It was terrible. Somebody spent a long time animating her butt. Pretty that much. That was pretty much it. I think Capcom basically swindled Nintendo on that one. A little bit. It's like, yeah, we'll get you five games. Here's one. Here's... Kind of. <laughs> of. Of those games, Killer7 was one of my favorites. Very stylized. It's really where Suda51 kind of... That was like his breakout moment, for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's a game I think he's if, if most remembered. If you can call anything you, he does a breakout moment. Exactly, yeah. But it's sort of the place where everybody's like, oh, who's this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's also the prof- my profile picture on uh, my blog page on Sifted. Hmm. It has been since launch. I love my uh, banner image. So anyway, here it is. The first trailer for the PC version of Killer7. Garcian, Relax. There's an important message for you. Ah, yes. An old friend is trying to bring down a country. Son of a bitch. Our information tells us that there's 14 of them. And they're all for hunting. I keep one alive so we can ask for the bosses. There's more than 14. Those bastards are breeding. This is too easy. 
bastard. folks killer seven don't think you know anything about what that game's about by watching that but no you don't i highly recommend playing that game it's not a great playing game but it's a great game to experience yeah and it's also like one. it was one of those games i think that we uh, people like play but and they're like wow nintendo let this be on their system like it's it's there's some violent and dodgy themes and crazy i mean yeah it's 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 uh i mean that was kind of the gamecube theme and to, to some degree i mean you also had uh eternal darkness was out of character for them at the time yeah. um hell luigi's mansion was a little out of character yeah. for him at the time which is crazy to think about yeah. <laughs> it um, really was kind of out of step it was actually kind of a great uh period because like gamecube underperformed so drastically that like it felt like Nintendo was like, let's just try whatever we got to try to like get the attention back on us. And they ended up having some really good stuff on the system as a result. Yeah. It didn't matter. Desperate but, like, Nintendo is the best Nintendo, oh, yeah. in my opinion. Well, uh, look what Desperate Nintendo just gave us is, is, a, is a hit system. Yep. You're right. All right. Let's get they to They generally some don't screw up twice in a row. I'll give them that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Here's one from Mike's Q. I'm not sure I know what he's talking about. Maybe you do. What is your take on Tom Raider versus the Uncharted games? He means Tomb Raider. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady versus the Uncharted games. What I really thought was yeah. that like, he just misspelled someone's name or whatever. Okay, what is your take on Tomb Raider versus the Uncharted games? In my opinion, Uncharted has better character story, but Tomb Raider has better gameplay. I like to play Tomb Raider, but I like, but I like to watch Uncharted. I would agree with that. Yeah, I think that assessment's pretty yeah. accurate. I think I think Tomb Raider is more fun to play, and uh, but I care more about what what happens narratively in Uncharted. Yeah, not in four, but uh. I was here's here's one thing I would say though. I would say the narrative in Uncharted, the gap between it and Tomb Raider is greater than the gap between the gameplay in Tomb Raider and Uncharted. Yeah. But it's still, I feel like you're doing more of interest. I mean... But Uncharted has the same By Uncharted problem. 3, I was kind of like, just let's just shimmy over this next 4,000th <laughs> ledge to get to the next cutscene. Whereas I still enjoy climbing around and doing stuff. And, and, and certainly, I, I also think the puzzle design in Uncharted is kind of terrible. Uh, whereas I enjoy it in Tomb Raider for the most part. Like, I, I, I don't think Uncharted ever quite nailed down an actual logic to its puzzles. To the point that you can tell because, like... Basically, if you open the journal in Uncharted, it solves the puzzle for it you. Does, you know, it's yeah. like they, they don't—they don't trust you. Either they don't trust you to understand how everything fits together by looking at it, or they don't trust themselves to communicate that properly to the player. Either way, Tomb Raider wins out in that regard. But I would agree. Like for the, you know, on the whole, I care more about the narrative in Uncharted, and I care more about playing Tomb Raider. The one thing I would say, though, I was talking earlier about with Tomb Raider about how it's asking you to do all these things and not giving you the tools to do that do it in uncharted they don't ask you to do those things in the first place like mm -hmm. they know that everything's on autopilot and therefore they just put these obstacles in front of you and they don't they don't make it more complicated than it needs to be i guess mm -hmm. 
let's see. You got one? Uh, K crawl, C crawl. Matt, have you ever played Path of Exile? I have. I have not. Um, I sometimes confuse it with Grim Dawn, but I have played Path of Exile. I like it. That's the, uh, yeah, it's like a Diablo kind of style game. Free to play, I think. It's good. Here's a good one from SJD Swanlin. What's up, man? Uh, what franchise from any medium that hasn't gotten one would you like to be adapted into a fighting game? I want a fighting game with all the classic serial mascots. Tony the so Tiger like and Smash Brothers with like Smash... just all the old school. Mascots. Oh no, like Blaze Blue. Like I would do like, oh, a, really? like an anime style. I, I don't want a Smash Brothers party game thing. I want a real fighter. Um, but I, like with like crazy weird, like crazy animation. So I would it would be like Tony the Tiger and Lucky the Leprechaun and the Trix Rabbit and all that stuff. But like done up like like terrible extreme image comic style. Uh, that would be that would be my joke game. I think I would like a fighting game that has famous athletes from yeah. from every sport. So Michael Jordan versus Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux like... versus Dick Butkus. Like, hmm. I think that would like, be awesome. It's like Shaq Fu, and they bring all their equipment in, yeah. so the fighting styles can change and be different. But hmm. I think that would be something really cool. I may be alone on that one. Uh, that that is a niche of a niche it is absolutely Uh, Majora Tom 91 trick question have you seen a gaming company more backwards than Nintendo yeah Um, yeah, Yeah, absolutely all all Japanese by the way well they didn't last as long I don't know about that the Nokia N-Gage is one of the dumbest damn things I've ever heard and that was not uh, I guess I was thinking more about like game publishers instead of hardware. Yeah, but, 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 hard, but I mean, do you remember, I don't know if you were with us, it was like a week or two weeks before the N-Gage came out, and we were going, we were in the same building as Nokia at the time at Tech TV, and we were leaving to go to lunch, and there was a guy from Nokia standing outside the Tech TV building on a, an N-Gage. He was talking on the phone on an N-Gage, side talking. Right, that's what a taco, it was like yeah. taco it, talking, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was like, it was like, he held it like, like out, he held it like a, like a flat, like taco, and you stuck yeah. the, 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 like the top of the taco to your head. Yeah. It was ridiculous. They called it side talking. Yeah. Like it was supposed to be cool. <laughs> and I remember we, we saw him like, oh, blah, 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 blah. and Adam went up to ask, the, went over and asked the guy, he's like, hey, how, you, how is that? And the guy goes, it's shit, but they make us use them. <laughs> and and we're like mm, all right <laughs> so, uh, so gohan says uh, it's called yoshi's crafted world mm. thanks for the clarification gohan flipping island is a way better title it is absolutely way better uh here's one from case money a couple years ago jeff Keeley briefly did a weekly gaming talk show on youtube do you know what happened to it did jeff comment it was canceled yeah like almost everything else people did for youtube and facebook like, yeah. All those initiatives basically went nowhere. Yeah. They did one. You did one batch of things, and they never answered your email again. Yeah, it was just like IGN <laughs> show like, on Disney XD. Yep. Same thing. It. Uh, or uh, ran, they had one season the, weren't the, renewed. Or the attack on Disney XD, or uh, uh, that show I did on Facebook for Facebook right. Watch. Yep. Like it's just you know you got one thing and it didn't explode immediately, so they just don't. That's what do people anymore. are looking for. Yeah. Nobody wants to build anything anymore. No, it's, it's like got to we'll be an instant it, thing. Yeah, we'll put a little bit of money down if it doesn't explode. See you later. And that's just the way things are now. So, uh, yeah, it was canceled. Too big of a budget. Not enough views. It's gone. Yep. 
Um, it's a nice try. But. Oh, here's a good one from Vincent. Um, based on your limited experience so far, would you rather play Octopath or Dragon Quest Eleven? Dragon Quest. Yeah. Presentation matters to me. It, yeah. And the presentation. And the, and the, uh, the, the party members like to interact with each other. As a matter of fact, there's even an option in the menu called Party Talk, where you just you pick it and like the characters who are in the party currently talk to each other about what's going on. Yeah. Like, and I know you get like little snippets of that in Octopath, but like I just yeah. felt like everything felt so weirdly isolated in that that it was not worth the trade-off of being able to go wherever you wanted at the beginning. Um, yeah, I think uh, they're both they're, they both kind of scratch a similar itch, but I am finding uh, Dragon Quest to be a more pleasant a more pleasant scratch. Uh, we don't usually answer questions or two questions from the same person, but this one's kind of important. Another one from Major Majora Tom ninety one. I will be rejoining the one hundred dollar Patreon tier for October. Thank you very freaking much. That is amazing. Uh, but I was a part of it for the first five months of Sifta's Patreon. Will I still receive an orange shirt? Absolutely, you will. And he says I'm a three XL. Okay, so as soon as I pick up the shirts, I'll make sure to pull one aside for you. And because uh, again, there aren't that many three XLs. We're only getting a couple of each shirt. So again, if you're on the extreme sizes, you're wearing small, you're wearing three XL, double XL. You better get on the shirt soon. But I'm glad you told me that. I'll pull out a shirt for you and I'll set it aside and I'll make sure that we do not put it on the store. So I got you, bro. Um, GX Gear. Do you think the Fortnite Switch bundle will boost unit sales significantly? They just announced a bundle today mm. for Fortnite. No, I don't. Because the game's already free. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's really How just... do you bundle yeah, a free game? Well, it probably comes with like. It does. It, it comes with like, like currency or some, yeah, yeah. some outfits or something. How much is a thousand V-Bucks worth? Do you know? I have no idea. I don't either. I've never spent a penny on that game. Uh, so, anyway, do you think it'll boost unit sales significantly with a thousand fake currency in it? No. I mean, it's like if you... I think for the holidays it might. I don't... I think a lot of parents be stumbling into GameStop, be stumbling into Best Buy, and be like, oh my gosh, for the Fortnite Switch? I'm all over but that. But for what? Like, clearly if you're that into it, you already play it. So what Because do you, I mean, there's just... Oh, you're right. That's a good point. So well, what are you playing? I mean, I guess like... No, you, I can see a lot of kids wanting to get a Switch this Christmas. To play it to so, play they don't, Fortnite. so they don't have to play on the computer or something they like, just I don't, don't have a, something else yeah. i don't know it's a good I mean, if, you, if you're sick of the kid hogging your playstation 4 i guess you can get the switch and give it to him there play that go away i Let will me. say this i do have a lot of my friends who have kids asking me about switch they're not asking about ps4 they're not asking about xbox one they're asking about switch and is Fortnite on it because mm. i have a lot to, to of my friends up. just asking me about Fortnite. Period. Oh, Fortnite is everywhere. I was at a bewitched convention and the people were talking about Fortnite and they're in their <laughs> 60s. Like, Fortnite has penetrated the, really the, has. the cultural zeitgeist in a way that I haven't seen since Minecraft, frankly. Yeah. I mean, it's because everybody's kids and grandkids are, are that's all they want to do and all they want to talk about and all they want to play. And they're like, there were grandparents there talking about how the kids come over to visit and you just like pull out their tablet and stare, and never talk to stare at Fortnite streams. Because, <laughs> like, and like would complain, you know, one of them was like, oh, my kid, my grandchild complains because my internet isn't good enough to play Fortnite on, so they have to watch streams instead of play it. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, what, did you see, uh, what was it, uh, statistics for the UK, 5% uh, of divorces this year have cited Fortnite in them. I did see that, yeah. So, I think that's I'm th I probably saw that on, on the Sifted, yeah. really. I think that's bullcrap, though. I don't think so. Mr. 60. 
Any franchise you would like to see get the Suda 50. It's Suda 51, not Sudo. S-U-D-A 51. Touch. Any of them. I would like to see any. I'd like to see him tackle just about any perennial franchise. Mm. I wouldn't want him to handle the gameplay for it. but (laughs) Yeah. But the, the visuals and the aesthetics of it, absolutely. I would like to see, yeah, like you say, not the gameplay, but yeah. like creative director. I would like to see him do Resident Evil. That would be amazing. Yeah. that's You just hit it on the head right there. And it's not that far-fetched. No, not at all. How awesome would that be? Suda51 doing the new Resident Evil game. I mean, we kind of got a little a, a weird taste of that with uh, Deadly Premonition. Yeah. Uh, Deadly Premonition is a terrible game, but it's also a great game. It's very hard to describe. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put and it. And like if you haven't seen Twin Peaks, it's like three times worse. <laughs> but like if yep. you have, it's amazing. Um I don't know. Like it was it it I would like to see him tackle that and I would like to see him do Gears of War. I'd like to see Suda 51 revamp Gears of War. I don't know why. I just think he would make something horribly nice. I just think he, he, you put him on anything, it's going to transform it. Yeah. And there are so many franchises that need oh, to Suda be Oh, Suda 51 Transformers game. That's, would that that's even almost be? two in the wheelhouse, I think. <laughs> Except, like, instead of, like, the transformations are all just horrible body horror. Right. <laughs> like, like, all the transformations are against... you didn't know against, they had blood inside All them. their transformations are against their will. Like, it's just... <laughs> Lots of people giving me crap over uh, Tom Brader's, I see. I, I deserve that. I totally get I totally get that. Uh, let's see, we'll answer one or two more. <laughs> um, there was one before. Oh, Johnny Hurricane is uh, clarifying. You can control the other characters in Dragon Quest with the tactics options. Right. The option is, like, follow orders or something. Yeah. It's like, like I, my, I have mine set to, uh, like... Make sure you attack the same thing I just attacked, basically. Because otherwise, you're just splitting your damage. Uh, Damp Talman. Has Capcom possibly lost faith in the Western Studios because of the crazy success of Resident Evil 7 and Monster Hunter World and the lukewarm reception to Dead Rising 4? So I guess you heard Capcom yeah. closed down that studio in Vancouver. And, and yesterday, there was some talk that they were going to keep the Dead Rising 5 project alive, but apparently that changed. They killed morning. everything. Yeah, it's all, everything's dead. Uh, losing faith in their Western studios. I think Capcom lost faith in that, that Western studio. Yeah. And for good reason. Yeah. I mean, can you think of anything great that that studio has turned out? Well, they basically only made Dead Rising and the Bigs. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. No. I, I don't think it has any impact yeah. on them. And I would also argue that Resident Evil 7 was a smashing success. I don't know about that. I mean, it did. It made money. It was profitable. But it didn't sell like Monster Hunter World. That's no. for sure. Um, but very few things do. Eh, absolutely. All right, we'll answer one more. Do you have Make one? Make another Dragon's up? Dogma, you jerks. <laughs> we'll answer one more. Do you have one queued up? Um, hmm. I got one here from J. Reed Vic 7. Yeah, Our last one, one of the night. looked at. Is the incredibly vague reveal and rollout for Fallout 76 unique for a AAA studio like Bethesda and known IP like Fallout. Is it concerning that there's been so little to show about a service-driven game launching in less than three months? I would say yes and Absolutely. yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I think I just talked about this on The Grind. Uh, for those of you who don't know who only watch Game Face, The Grind is like a, it's an opinion-based show where I talk about stuff we're, that we'd never talk about here. And where Shane dances the whole time. Yeah. yeah. That's an MTV joke yeah, for the old check people. check it out. Yeah. <laughs> All three people got that one, <laughs> and I'm one of them. Um... Yeah, I just talked about this. It's 
it's unprecedented. It's very weird. Um, I think Bethesda is just counting on the cachet of Fallout that people are going to buy it no matter what. And I, you know what, my little brother, he's one of them. He'll buy it no matter what. Yeah, he's also in the right place. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, yeah. he lives where it's set. But I mean, he loves Fallout. Like no matter what, if you tell him here's a new Fallout, he's going to buy it. That's just the way mm. it is. I think there's a lot of people like him who are going to buy it sight unseen. Um, I don't know. It is very bizarre that we yeah, still don't I'd, know how the game plays. And, and we're like a month and a half out. And they keep putting out like media for it. And it's just like cartoons. It's like, no, bro. We don't want to see any more cartoons. Like there just haven't been... I mean, there was an hour-long developer walkthrough with commentary of like Rebel Galaxy Outlaw I already. Know. Which, by the way, is completely different. From like, that's great. Um, but I'm like, I was watching that Rebel Galaxy Outlaw video, and I'm like, why don't I know this much about Fallout frickin' 76? Like, it's so weird. Am I just supposed to sort of assume things by the little snippets they put in those trailers? Or like, like don't you feel like by now we should have had like a live stream or something? Oh, we like, should have had a developer watch I mean, I was a little surprised Absolutely. when they didn't have anyone playing it behind closed doors at E3. Yeah. I figured, because like, there's all these little like rooms in their booth, I figure in the rooms you go and see someone play. Yeah. But no, it was just like photo ops and stuff. It was yeah. very weird. They were just like set, there's like just props. Where yeah. You get photos yeah. of yourself, like selfies with the Fallout With like props. Fallout props, yeah. Dumb. Uh, here's a last quick one. Game Baron Inc. Are you hyped for WWE 2K19? I just called it WWE. W-W. <laughs> I think that's how you're supposed to say it. 2WE. I don't think anyone says WW. No, well, if you do, you get beat up. Right. That's the. That's, <laughs> uh, that's, how, you, that's how you spot a mark. No. I'm no. not excited about it. I think we've learned to not be excited about 2K's WWE games. If point. there's a good wrestling game, I'll hear about it and then I'll play it. Yeah. Fire, Fire Pro, man. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, it's it's simpler. Not, I played it years ago. But. I, I, I imported the Saturn version back in the day and it was amazing. Like, once you learned all the all the, move, all the moves and all the Japanese menus, like, I created all these characters and made, like, my own WWF stuff, and it was great. Like, I couldn't read anything, but it was great. Yeah. I, uh, I have not cared about wrestling for a long time. Um, as far as the entertainment element of wrestling, and I never watch it on TV. I don't really care about what's going on with it. I think when I was eight, I was really into it. Yeah, I've seen that was the golden years of the WWF as well, back when I was into it. That was like with Bruno well, San Martino and Hulk and... Well, the, yeah, the 80s era was cool, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Attitude Era. Uh, the late 90s to 2000 turnover. I played the video games then. Yeah, those were, those were when the video games were the best. Really good, um, yeah. Like the heyday of Stone Cold and The Rock and Triple H. I mean, Triple H is still there, but like when Triple H Which was, crazy was leading, leading to Generation X and all that stuff. I mean, all that stuff was great. I never um, got into it. All the, when, uh, uh, I just played the Mankind games. Mankind and when Undertaker wasn't too old to move around and when Kane was at the top of his game. Like, I, I like that era a lot. I mean, I remember the old 80s, you know, rock and wrestling era as well but like i feel like I, th- I think when i was about 22 and 23 when it was it got big again uh i dig that era too and i still watch some of it like the like i have a friend who's super into it and he you know he invites everyone over for the pay-per-view so i, I moderately keep up uh i keep up enough to know that nxt is way better than wwe nxt <laughs> is like their minor league oh they have a minor league now? NXT, nxt is it's almost like a soap opera it's like the, it's like the up-and-comers I mean, training to that's be that's kind of what 
Yeah, but like this is like even more so. It's like it's like a, it's like they're up and comers and they're training and they're trying to impress. It's still all the same stuff, but like people can graduate and move oh, up to right. the big show and kind of thing. But like the NXT guys are just risking tons. Of, I mean, they're doing crazy stuff that the big guys wouldn't do because they got to be noticed, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like NXT, some really good stuff comes out of there. Interesting. Um, I the, still the, doubt I'll ever watch it. But. Probably not, but I will say this: the, that that channel, that streaming channel they have, there are worse uses of your money. Interesting. It's a pretty impressive archive, and there's some pretty good stuff going on. Uh, if you're into that, if, if if you're not, don't. Your mileage will vary. Your mileage will vary, but like, <laughs> if you have fond childhood memories of, at the very least, if you have fond childhood memories of the WWF, it's all on there to watch again. It's the archive is extensive and horrifyingly deep. Wow. Well, there you go. And that's it for Game Face episode 140. One last reminder, our t-shirts, which we showed off, well, we kind of showed them off at the beginning of the show. If you guys are tuning in late, you have to watch the archive to see that stuff. But they are going on sale next Monday on the merch store on Sifted. Uh, Actually, one thing I do want to mention is European shipping. Like, I know a lot of you guys in Europe have complained about the shipping costs. We literally worked our butts off to find the cheapest way to ship them to you last time. I just did a check-in in preparation for this, and the cost is even more expensive than it was before. So, if any of you guys in Europe know of a cheaper way for us to get shirts to you guys, we will do it. So, I've done a ton of research. I have honestly not found a cheaper way to get shirts to you guys. But if you guys know of some way, some service, some any way to do it, let me know. Come at me on the site, at Shane. You can direct message me. You can put a comment underneath the show on the site. Um, we're trying to find the cheapest way, but the cheapest we could find is a little bit more expensive than they were the last time. So we're trying to do the best we can for you guys. Obviously, we want to be able to get you guys shirts if you want them. So we're doing what we can. If any of you guys know some sneaky way to ship something or whatever, <laughs> we're down. So just let us know. Um, and again, the shirts will be on sale on Monday. If anyone wants to come out here and take a box home with them. Yeah, it might be cheaper to fly here and hang out with me for a day and take a shirt home with you. you know, I'm not even kidding. That's how expensive it is. So anyway, thanks for everybody watching on the stream. You guys have been great. Great questions at the end of the show. We'll see you next week. Game faces up and out.